Fuck the game, dog. You're a <laughs> dickhead. the imperial school of honor podcast i'm josh folan and i'm jay baxton and we're gonna be bullshit about the 400 years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again we are doing what nintendo don't in a blast through sega visions issue three on today's pod link to the issues in the show notes as it always is please rate and review the podcast if you post it we'll read it here give us validation self-worth or ridicule us as long as it's also funny what are we jamming on now jay <laughs> what are you jamming what on? What are you, what are you, what are you, cause, what are you, cause I, it's just, I, I'm, All what right. are you jamming on? Let's baby steps, one thing at a time. <laughs> uh, only a couple things, just due to life. So I got, still jamming on Starfield for sure. I think I'm on the final campaign part. Like, I don't really know what that means in this game, but I, I think I'm approaching that, you know, very far in as far as hours. So, I think I'm going to press forward and kind of see what happens. Um, As we previously talked about, I want to see what happens at the end because I think cool stuff happens and I'm going to want to start a new game plus. So I kind of want to get there. So still working my way through that. Loving that game still. Definitely A plus. Um, And then, man, if you're watching on YouTube or one of our visual socials behind me, you can see the Turtles thing. Yeah, man. After our last episode playing <laughs> through the original Ninja Turtles, in which we clearly Stop talked it. about the, the later hole. games being better. Yeah. Rabbit. Clear rabbit hole. <laughs> and my kids, which take cues from me, and because of the huge nostalgia bait era that we live in right now, there's new Ninja Turtles episodes on Netflix that they were watching. They were like, hey, daddy, Here, we want to Here's, play the, here's the question, me. Jay. Did you create a situation where you now have to buy Ninja Turtle action figures? Not yet, but I'm, but... <laughs> But, but if they listen, they're both wearing Ninja Turtle costumes for Halloween, and I've already okay. taken them in Ninja Turtles. So we're we're okay. getting there, I think. So the so the merch train has started. Yeah. Okay, oh yeah. Good. Oh yeah. My, my <laughs> oldest son, he wants to have a Ninja Turtle birthday party now. So which I think, turtle? Which turtle does he want to be? So his costume, I think his costume is Raphael. Oh really? I think Woo, so. That's yeah. not a, that's not a good sign. That's a troublemaker. <laughs> you better get him back on the right path. <laughs> so what what we were playing was Ninja Turtles four, and actually in that game he was playing. Well, see, I think he I think he actually played as Raphael. I'm like I'm looking at the screen behind me. I think he played as Raphael, and my youngest son played as Donatello, and I played as Leonardo naturally because he was my favorite turtle. So. That's what we did. They, they kept talking about wanting to play Turtles in Time specifically. And maybe it's because I mentioned casually during the run of that episode that Turtles in Time was my favorite one by far. So that's the one they wanted to play. So I'm like, sure. Pulled out the Cowbunga collection. Uh, we started playing on the SNES version, which is, cl- you know, that's the one I had as a kid. But it's two player only, which I kind of forget these things, you know, as, a, as an adult, I just assume we all had four player ability. And I go right. back and I'm like, oh, yeah, only two players. Which wouldn't have bothered me as a kid because it would have just been me and my brother. SNES, they both, I think, did they? They both had to have had a four. Yeah, they definitely had something, but I I need to look that up. I guess that doesn't mean every doesn't mean every game embraced it. You know exactly, exactly. But I mean, even then, you know, at this time we were still so excited to have any game that was close to an arcade game on the console, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah, the arcade game wasn't four. The 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 original the original 
TMNT two arcade game was not four players. So yeah, um, even though the fucking satellite and the four score were both out for that for sure, right? you know, like so what's the huge deal with that? huge bet shit there by Konami to not yeah. embrace that. But Figure again, that it's, it's a, a a bit limitation probably. Yeah, anyway. but I mean, it's this is it was a blast though. Like we so we played through a few levels, me and my oldest son. And, of course, my younger son is sitting there like, oh, I wish I could play. I want to play, too. I wish I could play so much. So I'm like, hold on, pause. So I go back to the, the game screen since this is the collection. And I start flipping through. And since it has the arcade versions, too, I look at the arcade version. Clearly, that was four-player. And it tells you four-player. So I'm like, you know, let's let's put a pause on this SNES version. Let's jump to the arcade version. So it was a fun thing of being able to kind of compare the the super nintendo version to the arcade which clearly sure. the arcade is always going to be better do they have versions. the both the console versions of yeah of, do they? yeah yeah cool. that, that's the awesome thing it has like 13 games on it and at first i'm like when i first got it, i was like how are there that many games but i realized three different Some game different boy games right, right. the arc the arcade versions and it tells you below each one like whether it's one player two player four player so that was really awesome man being able to have me and my the, boys that, together oh awesome Without those limitations, I know it's work. They don't want to do it. They don't have to do it. You'll, you'll buy it whether they do this or not. But it would have been cool. I mean, they did that fucking strategy guide thing. So, it's, you know, they were putting some effort into it to create new content for it, not just regurgitating an amalgamation of the fucking game. So there was some effort behind it. It couldn't have been that much work to turn them all into four-player games, you know? Those beat 'em up yeah. ones where where yeah. you have the on screen co op thing going on anyways, you know? Yeah. It couldn't have been that much work to make oh, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, but I you know never about? know. Yeah. What do I know about that? But it would have <laughs> been cool either way, it would have been cool if they would have Yeah. You know, whatever, uh, made that change, uh, made that upgrade. Um that would have been a real nice improvement, you know. For sure, for sure. But I mean as is being able to jump in the arcade version, which I will say, according to what they said in the strategy guide like it is like being your dream arcade though. So like you're playing the arcade version, it's because you put in a quarter. All you have to do to put in a quarter, quote unquote, is hit the sure, start hit the menu box. button. <laughs> right. And and they also say cowabunga when you do it. So my youngest was just like cowabunga, cowabunga, you know, like thirty nine lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like yeah. in that instance, it's like awesome. It's like oh, I, I get to play the arcade version unlimited, so I don't have to worry about dying. My kids can that's, play. That's it's one really of the like funnest. Yeah, that's one of the coolest things about the Mame emulator, actually. When I do find a game that I can get to work on that fucking finicky thing, <laughs> like the you know yeah, just the because we're old enough that you still have that like economy in your head. I only have so many core. That's that's still there residually. Uh, so one of the funnest parts about playing the arcade versions of games or the arcade games at all is like the skirting of the economy that yeah. you have free reign over that. You know, it's like I don't know how often in your life you've been to like went somewhere or where they had an arcade cabinet or like the the amy and i went to one of those conventions however long ago it was and those when they have those arcade areas at the conventions they're all you pay to play free the whole time or whatever you know so you don't you're not doing the quarter drop shit at least in right. the ones i've been to so yep. you have that happen there where you just you can just as many credits as you want and there's something incredibly satisfying about just being able to yes. not pay the quarter and play the, the cabinet you know so it, yeah, it's, it's the it's, dream right it's right, like right, it's yeah. like we're beyond that we don't we, yep. you know you're an so adult that, now that is Enjoy. a funny component of of playing their <laughs> old arcade games if you can play them that way oh yeah man so i think like again i've talked a lot about it last episode just the quality of that collection being able to play that 
you know, we beat the game, obviously, and it was it was a blast. So I highly recommend. We'll have to jump back and play Turtles 3 to the Forgotten Manhattan Project as well. So we'll see. Word. Word. We'll see, man. But yeah, just I think that's all the time I've had for playing, unfortunately, since our last ep. What about you, sir? Tell that me your many adventures. Yes, I've. Yeah, so. I mean, I get. Yeah, I'm sure that some of it is calculated. And I'm sure other games, I don't know. I'm sure there was a burst of releases or planning for rollouts around this new MetaQuest unit coming out for obvious reasons, good for marketing and all that. So that probably has something to do with it. But if not, like, it just happened to be a cluster of things that I was interested in that dropped uh, in the last couple of weeks and started fucking with. Before I get into that, though, there's actually, I wanted to talk about the, I watched the RoboDoc, which is the RoboCop documentary. It is a, I think it's a four part, four or five part series. So it's not just like your standard two hour documentary. They, it, it's fucking awesome, dude. It is so good. They go into so much detail. They have everyone involved. Verhoeven, the director, the producers, the writers, all the actors, everyone. Fucking what's her fuck that plays Robocop. I'm spacing on his name right now, but he's in there. That dude is, he's a funny ass dude. He's not. I don't know. He's a very... Di- I mean, you know, whatever. He's a fucking lead actor from the 80s. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I guess it was maybe a dumb presumption. I'd never seen him speak or, like, speak casually, you know. Right. Uh, uh, candidly, I guess I should say. So, his personality is pretty funny. He's like... He's like... A, like, I don't know. He's got, like, a action star archetype to him but that's not really his Mm. like what kind of actor he is he's like a very physically small guy his background is like movement and dance and all this stuff he's like a very classically trained you know like your thespian type actor as far as his background goes but his personality is like high octane and like very (laughs) you can tell like he is very you know self-centered is probably an overstep but that idea you like he's Mm. very I'm, you know, me matters, you know, <laughs> he's like a very funny fucking personality. So his take on all this shit uh, is, is interesting and just hearing him speak and he's, you know, that he's featured a, a shit ton. Yeah, just very, and like the, uh, the effort to, you know, a lot of the, they do all the, like all the, the opening title sequence, of course, but like a lot of the transitions and stuff, like they visually put it in the world of RoboCop, like that UI in RoboCop's head, you know, like a lot of the transitions in the in the in the in the episodes and stuff visually kind of hark back to that. So it's just it's just really well done and mm. and there's just a ton of effort put into it and a lot of, you know, anecdotes and if you are into that movie and have fond memories slash nostalgia for it, like there's just no way not to enjoy it. So that's something I wanted to highly recommend that I thought fit into our little nostalgia box here. That was wait, worth wait a minute. Mentioning. So so does that mean that you're excited for the new RoboCop game coming out then? No. Because it's on a flat <laughs> screen. But if they do a VR version of it, I'd be stoked. Here we uh, go again. Uh, the, actually, the, the CADcast guys have actually talked about it. I don't know if it's it's not out yet because they must they had like a they must have got a preview or something then because they actually talked about it and they were saying that like. You know, it's kind of, it's just not, they actually got Weller, I remember his name now, Peter Weller, to do the voices and stuff, so he's in there, so like, you get that feel, yeah. I guess, but he's, they're like, he can tell he's like, 
I don't know. They didn't do a good job of directing it. It's like, it doesn't feel impassioned. It's not like they don't feel even the voiceover aspect of it doesn't feel. I don't know. It just, they're like, it doesn't feel RoboCop. You, you don't, I don't feel like I'm RoboCop. I feel like I'm just playing a shooter that happens to have RoboCop shit flying around. You know, it's what, like, did they say they had access to it already? Like yeah. They, yeah were... they got, they got a preview or something. They got to play it. Oh, I mean, th- those dudes, you know, it's like fucking, you know, same, just like on a much smaller scale. Well, it's not VR. So I didn't know that. You know, just surprising. I mean, good for yeah. Them. Well, cat, the Catcast guys actually. The one has a quest, I think. The other, the one talks shit about VR constantly. Uh, probably the one, actually, the one in Ohio. Funny enough, there's one in Ohio, and then two of them are on Long Island. Uh, very. I mean, if you, if you know, I, I've mentioned that podcast before, but that's. I think that's my favorite gaming podcast. And honestly, it's barely about gaming. They have like one section about really new video games, and that's like the whole idea of it. But it's it's mostly just a. Bullshit. It's three guys that do a good job of bullshitting and being funny together, talking about their lives and a whole bunch. They talk about sh- okay. TV shows and toys and just whatever the fuck they want to riff on. And there is always a video game section, but uh, it's barely a video game podcast, in my opinion. But they've been around for a long time. They, they're, they're doing very well. Their viewership is huge and shit. So they get a lot of previews, uh, codes and stuff in advance. They, they see a lot of shit. Got it. Huh. Um, good to know. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm like, that's a lot to get out of. Uh... Out of that showcase, like it looked yeah. decent. Like it looked, no, looked yeah, good. no, they they definitely got to play it. Yeah, they were they were they got a, a pretty extensive look at it. I don't know if it was a full version or not. I can't recall, but they were they talked about it a lot. Yeah, I mean, hmm. you know, that it would be interesting to me. But you again, just you just squashed all my Robocop dreams, Josh. I'm done. <laughs> well, you should no. Be used to, you should be used to that, Jay. <laughs> You should, be, you should be used God. to be squashing dreams. That's, I, I need all it. the nostalgia that I could get right now. Like I need it. We're getting older. <laughs> like give it to me now. Don't don't. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure you get nostalgia from it. I'm sure you'll still get that, <laughs> even if it's not a good game. You know, yeah, that's true. probably there. <laughs> so yeah, so that that was a cool thing that definitely I cannot recommend enough to check out. Uh, so into games, the the first two that I was already mentioned and waiting on were NFL Pro Era Two and Seventh Guest, and NFL Pro Era Two. So I had the first one last year. So this is, you know, they're kind of like, I don't know, I guess their plan is to do it every year, kind of Madden-ish, you know, and it's... What? Yeah, it's, and it's full price, it's 30, I'm, I finally, I can't believe, I'm so upset that I did not get hip to those fucking referral code usage until... Now, basically, I've wasted so much money. It makes me so sad. It's a full 25%. The person you're refer- using the referral gets five bucks too. Like the fact that we weren't doing that for every single thing we bought, me, you, and Amy, and anyone else, whatever, is just, we're so stupid. But so I got it for 23 bucks or 22.49 instead of 30. So thank God in hindsight, because I, I feel like a little bit borderline ripped off, to be honest mm. with you. The. That's what you it's get still, for paying for games, Josh. If you had no, it's it's still it's still the I'd still rather pay I'd rather pay twenty two forty nine for this than play a flat screen football game for sure. Uh, uh, but fair. I, it's still the most amazing football if you want to call it a game experience I've ever had in my entire life. They're hands down, no questions asked. But having bought both of them, I feel ripped off mm. because the actual in game play. Is exactly the same in all the bad and good oh, ways, you know. Wow. Like the the AI, maybe, maybe some of the AI because there were some bad fucking AI moments in last year's version. Like the one thing I noticed immediately, the kickoffs were the same thing every time. 
every time the guy feels it and just runs straight forward and gets tackled the first time he's touched. And it's like, it, there's no football effort in that at all. Now, the kick returner does sometimes will put some angles on it, maybe break a tackle. Like, okay. it's, it's a, there's a little more variance to that. So that's one very identifiable thing that I could see a huge quality improvement in. And there may be others AI-wise. You know, it's, I mean, because it is such an amazing experience, it's hard to, like, pay attention to what all the players are doing because you're in it, you know? So it's hard to, like, really gauge. Like, if you're playing Madden, you can notice that, like, a linebacker always does one stupid thing or something. It's easier to discern that shit. Yeah. It's much harder to tell in, in this. The run plays still are useless, at least for you. The computer's run plays sometimes work. But that's one dumb thing that I notice is still the same. But yeah, generally speaking, like, the actual feel of the in-game play, in all the wrong and good ways, is exactly the same. And that is all I care about. I don't give, like, there's all these new bells and whistles and window dressing things. They, like, built out the locker room, and they added, like, arcade cabinets you can do two-minute drills and other drills on, and there's, like, a level progression system now that you can go over to this board and track, and, like, you're in So they copied Madden, so they maddened it. They added a bunch oh, I'm of sure, stuff, you know. left the game the same. Right, and, and yeah, and then the actual in-game experience, and that's all I care about, is is does not feel improved there's still like there's a lot of and this was a problem last year too a lot of the players are wrong and you know like they have the act they have the license so they have nfl players and a lot of them are right but a lot of them are still wrong and a lot of times even if they have the right player with the right number they'll be they don't not that i expect i don't you know i don't need fucking their faces to look exactly the same but like right. you know dawson knox is black like it's not you know like fucking right. there's all these like you got that's I don't know. Like, if you're going to charge, and I know 30 is not 60, or whatever the fuck they ask for Madden these days. 70. But but if you want to be an annually released football and I know they're early, and, like, I don't want to totally... Because, like, there is. There's so much that's cool about it. So I'm not... But if you want to charge me what the going rate is for this platform's games every year for this game, there has to be attention to detail to this type of shit. You have to if you're going to give me if you're if part of your sale pitch is sales pitch is the player license and mm, giving like me NFL giving me my players. football team those motherfuckers got to be they got to look right and be the right numbers and have the right names in the back of their jerseys at minimum you know uh, <laughs> you know at uh, like, yeah that's like a fucking that's a baseline expectation I think and that's not there at all and yeah man it's just. It made me sad because, like I said, I did not – you know, there's other things too. Like I guess I haven't got through a whole season yet, but I guess you can play multiple seasons now. So last year was just a one-off season thing, you know. So that's whatever. I don't know. I, I highly, It's not like you have personnel management or anything in it. At least I don't think. Uh, I highly doubt. So I don't know how appealing or much that would matter, you know. Like who cares if you can play – if it's not – if you're not actually developing the team, who gives a fuck if it's the second season? I mean, I guess your stats as the quarterback with that like coach, appro- coach approval yeah. thing and the leveling system, I, I highly doubt that has any in-game application either. Uh, you know, I, I, I maybe that uh, carries on and that would matter to you. But generally speaking, I don't think I care that I can play multiple seasons. There is some, like, they also add, and this is kind of cool, I guess. Like, I told you how one of the th- really surprising things about the first game, to me, the experience was 
being on the sideline when you're on defense and like having to live that, you know what I mean? And not have control over what's happening. And you're just watching a football game as the quarterback, hoping you get your shot if you need one to win the game, you know? And that was a really cool emotional uh, tug, I thought, but there was nothing to do on that sideline. You were just watching the game. Now there's more, there's more players and you can like interact with the different players from the offense like dap them up and shit to give you in <laughs> in game positional uh, group buffs. You know, like if you okay. go over and you dap up your receiver, it you can get like wide receiver awareness increase or wide receiver catching increase or wide receiver speed increase, and that is applicable to all offensive line, running backs, tight ends, everything. And that's kind of cool because they actually do like they fucking like you know you like, you have to like and like you know you walk up to him and they're like he holds his hand up and you got to do it. You got to lift your fucking hand up and fucking dap him up, you know. And it's like shit like that is just you know it's, it's why VR is fucking amazing because you have to do it. And there's like a water bottle now you can grab to replenish stamina and you and like I was doing it forever and like not act nothing happened happening and not doing it right i didn't even know because you actually gotta like raise it up and you gotta do the grip and squeeze it to get the water to come out you know or the liquid no half-assing your motion to your josh (laughs) right yeah so like you know i yeah for the first i played like fucking who knows how many games and like walking around that water bottle just fucking shaking my face (laughs) thinking i was fucking doing something and i wasn't doing anything you know so uh, that's cool there's a tablet you can pick up and go through the last drive you know it's not it's kind of it's it's not I think that needs to be built out too. The concept of it is cool that you can, the whole point is you're the quarterback and like you want to be able to review what you did. But all it does is show you the name of the play that you ran and the name of the play that the defense ran for each play in the drive. So, like, that kind of matters if you can like visually remember what, you know, but you can't. You need to see, there needs to be a visual associated with that for that to be what it's supposed to be, you know? So, again, there's just all these. It sucks that I gotta pay for it. I guess. I guess. Like, it's amazing. If I got this as a free demo, I would like be outside screaming from my rooftop about it. You know. But like the idea that I paid thirty bucks for what I think still feels beta to me is uh, is is tough. You know. But, but would there you, is, wait a minute. If you if you didn't buy the earlier version and you just bought this one. Oh yeah. I mean, would you? Be still, I'd, be, I'd be just like I was last year. Like, okay. oh my fucking god. Yeah. And like it is, dude. I told you. I, I showed this to someone who never played VR, and like he, I thought he was gonna have a fucking aneurysm. Like he <laughs> was just floored that this existed just like i was when i first right. got in there you know and it, it is fucking incredible and like when it works right and like that's the thing too i don't i can't remember it had been so long since i played the first one because of all its flaws and waiting for the new one that i can't remember how well it worked but like you're the way you select receivers at least the way i have it set now and i can't i think there is a way to tweak with fuck with this and change how it works, but like you look at them and you have to do like this nod and like that doesn't fucking always work. And like sometimes like in the play, like in the play. So like, and and like if you have, if you have receivers stacked in their routes in any way, it's really hard because all you have is the horizontal axis to work with, you know, at least again, like here's the thing. I haven't watched a tutorial or anything. Maybe there is a way. So I, I I don't want to speak too harshly about this, but it can get very frustrating to not be able to execute what you want, even though you have in your head and not being able to transfer it to the in-game UI or whatever is, is really frustrating when that happens. 
again, especially because you don't have control over the rest of the games. Like, this is all you have control over. So if you, like, if it's third down and you just some dumb shit happens because of UI stuff, you're like, it's infuriating because you have you can't do anything about it. And then on top of that, you're not even choosing to angrily and stupidly go for it on fourth. Your coach is like, get the fuck off the field, you know, and and, 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 and punts, you know. So you're like, fuck you, man. Like, like, I don't even, that's not even my fault, you know. Like, yeah, it's, it's fucking. But again, that's, that's also what's Great. so cool about it is that you, that limited control is where the emotion in it comes from that you you know the being the quarterback part of the role play of it is exacerbated by that so many times over you know so yeah it's it's uh pros and cons of that so yeah man i got i i still a cool idea and game and concept everything but i i can't recommend buying it unless you haven't don't have the first one I, i i can't you know yeah, so that is uh, a pro and a con. Everything else I have to say is all glowing, though. The seventh guest game is, you know, it's it's we're modernizing a '90s point-and-click puzzle adventure, you know. So, like, what are your expectations there? Like, you want to feel that in it, you know, and like, kind of like the, I don't know, and like, if you didn't play that game, this is gonna mean nothing to you. But there is like a. I don't even know. It's like you have you played Miss, so you know that. But it Seventh Guest was different because mm-hmm. it had this FMV component to it with the characters. And I mean, I guess Mist had FMV too, but it wasn't it wasn't the same. I don't know. Seventh Guest was like intentionally horror movie cheesy, and so was Miss too. I don't know. It was different though. It was somehow different. And like capturing all that nostalgia shit and kind of like this basicness to that game. But still bringing it forward into a modern VR world, I was interested to see how they were going to walk that line, you know. And they did a pretty good job. There's like, there's some level of like, it's still, I think, overly compartmentalized in that like each room you go into has its own interwoven puzzle system. You know, there may be three-ish puzzles in each room, and sometimes they work with each other in some way, shape, or form. And you got to do one part, or you got to do one to be able to finish another or do a component of another one of the puzzles. So there's like some cool interactivity and interwovenness to each to the individual rooms, but across the mansion, it is incredibly compartmentalized. You finish a room, and it's just like done. You don't have to go back there again. You know, and that I wish there was more. You get something from here. You can't finish this room right now. You got to go somewhere else and do. I wish there was more to that uh, ecosystem. You know what I mean? Because it is very compartmental. You finish a room, a set of rooms even, and like, because those are the only ones open to you. And then you have to go back down to the fucking foyer and like, you find these records in the foyer and play them on the phonograph and you get some shit from stuff, the fucking in a tea that owns the house and he gives you he'll like give you some story and shit and then open up some new rooms and it just feels overly linear to me in a mm. way that I wish it didn't but that stated I think that's what the first, that's what the game was originally so I think you know I think there was some level they were trying to like give you that same feel in the style, but within the, like the context of like the mansion looks awesome. The FMV stuff. Awesome. The story, 
you know, I I think the acting still shitty. One of the fucking <laughs> Let's Talk Oculus guys were like praising the acting. I'm like, I don't. I guess we have different fucking barometers for that. I guess <laughs> the acting's not good, but I wouldn't expect it to be. I don't think I've ever seen good acting in one of these in a video game. To be honest, with you. I mean, Red Dead Redemption, like even that, like as praised as it was, and they hire like amazing. I know fucking a half dozen actors in that shit, and they're all amazing actors. Uh, and there's fucking you know actual stars in those games and they're great actors but i still think there's a stilted limitation to the acting that can for a video game you know so it's just i don't ever feel it's necessarily good but um it's still interesting and, and the way they integrate it into the world is cool um you know you're looking at ghosts and like uh, living out past moments and you're just getting a glimpse into that world for a moment you know and there's a cool mechanic too with it you get this lantern in the beginning. So, you, you know, you're going into this, you're walking into it years after all this shit happened, you know, to investigate the house. So it's decrepit and empty and abandoned and, you know, everything's all fucked up and there's cobwebs everywhere or whatever. But you have this lantern that you can, you have to, you can shine on things and it shows you the mansion on the night that this stuff happened. So it like, and it's just within like the scope, like all around the lantern. Correct. Light, you can see the old shitty version, you know, and you're just seeing. It's just a really cool mechanic to like. You have to because you you know you're immersed and like you don't always remember to do it and like there's all these clues and shit you can find with that and it also it it changes like uh, there's art everywhere the walls are just covered floor to ceiling pretty much in in, in art artwork and every one of the artwork has like a a more fucked up ver- like when it's. Not when the light's not on it, it's like it's normal, and some of them are kind of weird, maybe and a little bit spooky. But when you shine the light on them, like there's like this really fucked up version uh, change to it, you know, that makes it like really fucking disturbing. And like every single piece of art has that little nuance to it, you know. So like just the atmosphere of it all is so well done and and, and really fucking cool. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. I put it up on the Steam page. I've never played this game, never even heard of the game. But it does look pretty cool. I could see that, like that mechanic you talked yeah. about, like that does look pretty cool. I could see the the appeal there. For yeah, sure. it's it's fun, dude. And then you know, it, uh, like I said, ultimately it's a puzzle game. So the real crux is whether or not the puzzles are good. And fuck mm-hmm. yes, they are. They are really good and really fucking challenging. And they, you know, they have a system where you can like they have a hint system and an economy. You find these coins you can spend to give you to breadcrumb you. Uh, there's like, it'll give you two that aren't, you know, just kind of like light ideas. Because some of them, you know, it, it's with all, like with all VR things. I remember talking about this extensively with Shadowgate. Like you don't even, sometimes your problem is not the puzzle. It's how to interact with this puzzle mm-hmm. because there are, it's not gamey enough, you know, you're in a world and like you don't know, like there was one, like there was a quilt and it had these patches on it and you got to like move the patches around to create a path for this these things to reach each other and like i just thought it was a quilt on a table i had no idea that it was something i should interact with so i'm literally like again like you're trying to like i, I don't want to use the hints cuz they're they'll go too far right. you know and like also 
if you're not, I don't even know that this is a puzzle. So I can't even use the hints because the hints are broken up for each puzzle. So like, I didn't even know what it was a talking. I didn't know that I wanted a hint for that. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I start going, to, I'm like, I can't, what the fuck is, I don't know what else to do in this room. I have no idea. So I'm going to go to find a video. And it's like one of those things that like where I'm scrubbing, like, I don't want any information other than just like, what? Like, give me the first little. Right. Yeah. Just, like, I just need to see a, a frame <laughs> of something to give me a hint, you know? And like, so that is a, a funny thing about VR that is, is part of what I praise it for too. But I, one of the frustrating aspects is like, sometimes you don't even know what you're supposed to be video gaming <laughs> and, and like that that is possible here because the, the the puzzles are in some cases sometimes they're obvious it's like a fucking thing in a room that clearly is like a feature that's different and out of place but sometimes they're hidden and like crazy ass things are just normal items that maybe have some sort of weird interaction interactivity to them oh, man. so uh, generally speaking though the puzzle is very good at all i mean you know every like I said, every room has three or four different ones and every one of them are wildly different and very challenging in some cases so uh, yeah i mean that's it's kind of exactly what i expected to be and i mean i play it's a it's a perfect thing that is one aspect about the lack of interwovenness that i was criticizing is it's very bite-sized and that you can just pop in and work on a room and maybe finish it maybe not and then hang hang up the headset and go to bed or whatever you know you don't have to it does it's not it's very compartmentalized and bite-sized in that way, uh, which if you want that is great for whatever your life situation is. So that's a cool aspect. And it's, you, know, you, can, you play it standing or sitting. Uh, so it's kind of it's a very chill experience, I would say. You know, you can just play it sitting down and kind of just fucking Miyagi sitting on me and like I'm bumping him in the head with the things when I'm doing puzzles and shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's cool. That's a good one. Uh, the new walkabout course dropped and it is fucking slick, dude. It's, it's the haunted house. Is the theme Halloweeny, you know? So uh, the whole thing. I mean, there's some you go outside in some cases, but it's it's. I would say generally speaking, it's all in the house. So it's kind of it, it in that regard. It's a little like maybe the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea one, where you're in the submarine the whole time. So like you're in this interior space that like should be should feel constricted, but there's so much going on, and it's so visually awesome that it's not a detractor or a a negative, you know? So, yeah, there's, you know, it's, of course, all this haunted house spooky shit going on, ghosts and fucking all sorts of things. It has a a, a really funny, it, it's got a spider setting. Like, you can go into kind of like the cavern 20,000, or not 20,000 leagues, what is it, Jules Verne fucking, what is that? The one in the cave. Leagues under the sea? No. The other Jules Verne one, the fucking Journey to the Sin of the Earth. Ah. Like that one where you can turn on the headlamp or not, you know? Uh, for the hardcore. So it's, just, it's like an individualized setting for just this course, you know? So they have one of these and it's called the spider, turn spiders on or off. And like, I was like, what the fuck is that? You know, I have court, whatever, play with it on. But like you get into, there's a part, I guess I don't want to spoil it. You get, there's a part in the level where you go in and there's fucking spiders everywhere, you know? And like, I don't know, I, I actually hate spiders, but I would never turn them off in a video game. So I guess, I guess my fear is maybe not what some is. <laughs> Like, again, the Let's Talk Islas guy, Dan, he's fucking like, he's like, no fucking way, dude. Off. <laughs> like, a bunch of spiders running me in a fucking, in a goddamn VR space. I am out on that game. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, uh, maybe I should let him know he shouldn't play Dungeons of Eternity either, because that's a problem in Dungeons of Eternity, too, for sure. But, uh, so yeah, really good. The You know, it's putt-putt, so how much can you say about it? But the one of the really cool, the hard course, one of the visual changes is it's all in black and white. Which is, I think, a really cool aesthetic change, you know, that just, it it, it added, it, it you know, it made 
it it gives it a spookier it just does i don't, I don't know why or how but it just gives it a spookier vibe to play it in the hard version in black and white. So that was a cool change. The ball hunt and the putter hunt are one of the harder ones for sure. I still don't have all the balls. There's like two or three I still haven't found. So Ugh, the ball hunt is quite balls. difficult. Yeah. And uh, the putter hunt was also very challenging. There's a couple. There was this this one fucking clue where I was like, what? I had to like, I was Googling shit. I didn't understand what it was. It was, uh, what the fuck was the, Oh, it was like a name or something. I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Like, who knows what that is, you know? And like, even Googling it didn't really give me the answer. Uh, Ambrose. That's, do you know who Ambrose is or what Ambrose is? Ambrose? Ambrose. Like, Ambrosia. Like, as well, all I could think of was Ambrosia yeah, from, like, from fucking Ultima. What are we talking I was like, about? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the fuck that means. So there was something, there was some clue about Ambrose where I was just like, well, I don't know what the fuck this is. Uh, and I, I think I ended up, I, like I said, I even Googled and I couldn't figure it out. So I ended up just like kind of, I think, chancing into finding that one, if I recall correctly. So yeah, rather difficult Gosh. on both fronts, ball and putter hunts. So yeah, just, you know. Every one of them, every, there's nothing bad to say about any one of them. It's just all they do is crush. Actually, it occurred to me, I found, I started poking on the side quest and found a bunch of new home environments. Uh, one of which was the an Outer Wilds home environment. So, like the, remember I found the Mario 3, or the Mario 64 home environment for the last? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, just your home environment. Instead of that fucking thing I sent the picture of with me in the mirror or posted the picture of with me in the mirror instead of that like right. futuristic city or whatever it is you can put you can turn that into anything and i found an outer wilds one where you're at the campfire and you can see all the planets up in the sky and the asteroid and the dude sitting there with you and then they have the music it's really fucking cool you can hear the fire burning the whole time like really really cool so yeah so i found that and uh, a few others too a matrix one i found a bob's burgers one uh, which you're, you're like in the you're in the burger shop with fucking Bob behind the counter and you can see out the window and shit. It's pretty pretty cool. So there's yeah, there's a lot more of those that I was surprised uh, to find. Um, nice. But anyways, I found the Outer Wilds one and it occurred to me that there should be an Outer Wilds putt putt course for sure. I tweeted walkabout and uh, Mobius Studios like. When are we getting that? <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. That would be in space, you know. So instead of the shitty Tethy space station uh, and all those angles and shit, uh, maybe maybe uh, have it a little more enjoyable from a functional standpoint. And then obviously the Outer Wilds vibes would be great. The music and shit would be incredible. That'd be an awesome, awesome environment for putt putt. So if I will that into existence, that will. I don't know. If that will be better or worse, or not better or worse, but like, I don't know if that will outdo the satisfaction I get, or I got rather, when I interviewed Larry Hama, the Wolverine writer, and he told me that my letter that got published (laughs) led to one of the storylines that he did. I, and I almost shit myself <laughs> right there in an interview. Uh, that will be almost as close. If I can will that into existence just with my dumbass requests and and uh, questions, that will make me very happy. So hopefully that materializes. And then the last thing is Dungeons of Eternity. So I've been fucking bugging you about this in our, in our fucking via text the past few days. Dude. <laughs> Dude. I was super skeptical of it because this is a roguelike. It's short runs in dungeons, you know, and I don't, that doesn't, like, I want, progression is important to me. I want to feel a progression both with narrative and character. Mm -hmm. And that genre 
doesn't, you know, I liked the last Diablo. I'll probably play the new one eventually once they don't try to charge me 70 bucks for it. Uh, you know, I, or when they get in VR, maybe more importantly, it's not this good. I promise you because it's impossible because it's on a flat screen, dude, this, like even Hades, like that was like, you know, I, I saw, I saw, I I saw why functionally that was a great game. I believe and understand why game of the year hype and all. I get like, I see that they did an incredible job with that game, but I got, I still got bored with it because it was just a, It was a you boring... didn't get to experience the full story because I played the shit out of that game, dude. I played fucking the. I played. I probably put thirty hours in that game before I got bored. But did you, that's fair. But my point is, did you get the real ending? The real ending? No, not because like, it was too exactly. boring to just go through the same dungeons oh. and not really be progre- have a progression. You know, that's fair. It, it that just, just goes it, back to what you're saying. You that's not really your genre. I loved right. it. I never thought I would like that genre because there are other games like Undertale, Undermine undermine that were kind of like eh, i don't know if i like this that kind of made me feel the same way but then hades kind of changed it just because yeah, of the just, overarching storyline once you get yeah anyway yeah they Carry did on. not they did not do enough with with story and that like you know oh. little, little little tiny blurbs that you talk to the people like that kind of thing after like it just it wasn't and that i also that is i've told you that story world also doesn't matter to me that's part of that too if they'd have had Maybe a more fa- a medieval fantasy type story world. I might have been more interested, but like the Greek Norse god shit, I that doesn't fucking I care less about that. So <sighs> that was part of that too. But the gameplay also fell short, in my opinion, ultimately. But when it's you doing these runs and not just hitting buttons to make a little fucking few pixels on a screen, do these runs. It's a different fucking deal, man. Like, when you were executing the bow physics, when you were pulling the fucking arrow out of your quiver behind your back, putting it in the bow, pulling it back, and having to aim and hit these things, and you are, you know, when something gets in too close, you have to pull your fucking sword out of your belt and fucking hit, or the bats are flying, and you cannot shoot those. As with all, it fucking, just like, it's funny, no matter no matter how the technology changes, the shittiest enemy is still always the small flying ones. <laughs> you know, when those get in so hard, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, when you get in close, when they get in close on you, you you have to melee those, you know, so you've got to pull the fucking thing out and you're fucking swiping. I'm, gonna, I'm 1,000% certain I'm going to break something in my living room. Like, <laughs> there's just no way I don't have enough space. And there's just no way I'm not going to break something eventually. There's just no fucking way. But you're doing that. You're you're you, you know the you're you have to climb these fucking chains to to get up and uh, to climb up to heights and stuff. You know like you actually got to do like in Shadowgate the actual motion. You know you can also fat. You can skip that if you don't want to do it. But if you want to feel the immersion, you can you can do the hand over hand mm-hmm. moving up the chains. And you know when you go into a dark space. You have to grab a fucking torch and light it on one of the lit torches and use that to see the dark ass space that you're in and, and be able to navigate anywhere in it. And just, it's just on a whole fucking other level of this kind of game, like everything else in VR. It's just fucking, I don't know, incredible. And, you know, and, and, and in this case, because of the physical intensity of that, the idea of the shorter runs with even shorter bursts of arena battle in those runs as opposed to like a never ending onslaught of a more linear game is a lot easier for my old ass to handle. So it's like, it's fucking, it, 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 it feels good too to be served up in the, the way that a roguelike does serve its action up, you know? So that, that is a really cool thing. 
Uh, and, and feels really good, dude. The upgrade system, I mean, that you know, you're into that shit, dude. The upgrade system is beyond prolific. There's so much shit to fucking unlock and find, and and the uh, the weapons are just, it's just relentless. Like, you go through a run, and, you know, even, like, you know, the chest, dude, you, like, gotta find keys, and, you know, fucking, and your, your inventory system, you, like, touch your chest, and it opens this thing up right in front of you, and you gotta grab the key out of your inventory, stick it in the lock, turn the fucking thing, and, like, the fucking chest opens up, and, like, it's just, uh, the potions, dude, you gotta fucking take the potion out, you gotta pull the top off and fucking drink it, and if you don't drink it long enough... <laughs> It doesn't fucking do the thing. You know, you don't get the fucking added benefit of whatever the potion does. And, like, it's just, it's so immersive. It's fucking crazy, man. And, yeah, the weapons, I mean, you know, there's just a million different fucking kinds, all sorts of different types of damage. And there's a perk system, too. you got to earn these points. And there's there's different types of, there's, like, the levels that you can go into. There's, like, these traditional dungeons uh, where you're just battling through things. And finding chests and shit. And then there's a big battle at the end. And then there's also the ones that you get the perks, perk points from are like these kind of, yeah, like go and find these crystals in each like wing off this main room. And you put the crystals in these little holders and then they make this pyramid come up in the middle of the room. And then you, and then you're swarmed by all these wizards and skeletons and shit. And you have to defend the crystals and the pyramid from these things and they can blow them up. So the number of points you get zero to three to use for your perk system at the end matters or depends on how well you defend these crystals and whether or not they get blown up by the enemies. So like, yeah, I've done with like level 40 dudes. I did one last night and we came out of it with zero fucking crystals because it's fucking hard, you know, (laughs) like, and you have to actually do it. Uh, And also the enemies scale with, I think it, I don't know if it's like the heart, the, the highest level in your group is like what the enemies are. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that, but there is some level of scaling to the difficulty based on the, and the enemies you interact with, period, um, based on like the at least aggregate leveling of your three. Cause that's the thing too, maybe the most important is that it's co op up to three players. So you go into these dungeons with two other players and you, you know, the thing I love most about VR, like that group teaching thing, the real time voice interaction of like the person and you being in a space and you can walk up to something and point at it and show it and like talk to them and t- walk, talk them through things and explain shit and like work as a fucking team in a way that uh, no way. So you're not getting out of a fucking three dudes sitting on a couch, man. It's just not happening. I'm not happening. And like the teamwork coordination <laughs> of that. Of again being in the space and being able to be like around the corner, the thing is behind you, like and like the benefit of that 3D VR space under mutual understanding and communication is so satisfying and fucking fun, you know, to be able to orchestrate that in a real space and you know, I don't know, it's just it's just on a whole fucking other level, dude. And uh, yeah, there's the perks. There's also a bunch of cosmetic bullshit too if you're into that. Um. Yeah, it's just it's fucking ugh, so, so fucking what, good. So what you're saying is this is Othergate's first game that they've created, and you're saying they did an excellent job with their first game. Knocked it out of the park. If that's who made it, yeah, I don't even know who mm. the developer is. Uh, yeah, they knocked it out of the fucking park. And like it's the one thing, and I wish this they built it for the two. It works on the two, fine. So you would be able to play with your system. Um, I wish. That it was built from the ground up for the three, because if this had that visual enhancement, 
it looks good still, you know, and it's fucking cool as shit. But if if they embrace the processing power of the three over the two for this story for this game world, it would be fucking off the goddamn wall. So that's one uh, detractor, I suppose. But you know, I know there's so many games that are doing the upgrade. So and maybe honestly. Maybe they have. I don't know. I don't know enough about that. I'm kind of maybe speaking a little bit out of turn. But it feels it feels more Quest 2-y to me than it does like some heightened f- fidelity that the 3 would or should have. So yeah. um, maybe there's an upgrade coming for that because they can do that at a later time. A walkabout still hasn't done theirs, I know. So um, that's a possibility. But it does, either way, it does have me real stoked for that Asgard's Wrath 2 shit that's dropping in December. Uh, upload VR. I posted it on the on, on the Facebook page. Did a, they got a sneak preview of like twenty minutes of that or something? And they were talking about the visual. Like they were talking about like walking in the desert and like having on this fucking like the saber cat next to you walking. In the, they're like it looks fucking incredible. So that has me real stoked. That like I know that was built from the ground up for the three and will visually mm-hmm. give me this kind of game in that level of VR fidelity. I'm super fucking excited uh, about that experience. So. Uh, okay. But yeah, you know, that would be the only knock is maybe that it's a little visually. I could know. see that, man. This is definitely no Diablo Four, but I, I like looking at the videos. I'm like, this looks very, very simple. But at the same time, I could see like the three. Obviously, the the VR aspect makes it what it is. Um, yeah, dude, I don't dude. know. If, I don't know if I'm paying yeah, no, twenty five bucks. Obviously, bucks for it. But if you just look at again, again, that's the thing. That's the problem. That's why I think it's so dumb. The videos. It's hilarious to me. Like the videos are so point. Like the trailers, two things. I, I've I I just <laughs> I cannot believe that there's that they that they think they need to show me a human being wearing a headset doing the stuff. To I don't know to sell those games. It bother, like I I think that's such a shitty component. It looks so bush league to me. Every time they like put the person in the headset with the controllers in their hand in the game. Doing it instead of showing me the character in the game doing it. Like, I know it's a VR game. You don't have to show me the idiot wearing the headset. Like, I don't <laughs> need that. I fucking it bugs the shit out of me that they keep that. Everyone does it too. Everyone does it. It's they so all, dumb. Yep. <laughs> uh, so bad. Uh, so that's one dumb thing. But also, yeah, like, it's, you know, you're looking at it, you're still looking at a flat image on a video. So it's not, it means nothing. It's not even, it doesn't, it's, and like, I, there's no solution for this, obviously. You can't. Right. How do you make a 3D? How do you? There's no way to do it. But it it's it sells it so short because it's that's point. Like the idea of putting a VR flat video next to a flat video that's built for a flat thing is like that's a pointless. That's like comparing Josh <laughs> Allen. That's like comparing Josh Allen and Tua. It's a waste of fucking time. <laughs> star two and we are diving into issue three of sega visions this is the winter 9091 is how they <laughs> delineate it from the others or the timing of it rather and the cover price is 350 i want to say like january ish is, is what i've kind of is, is where i kind of nailed it down in our timeline as far as the newsstand date 
And on the cover is Joe Cool, and that is Joe Montana, if you're not hip to 80s NFL megastars. <laughs> and he adorns the cover in his bootleg Sega jersey. It has his name, or same number rather, on the 49ers, number 16, with Sega written above it and bit below. And it never occurred to me until, again, like so many issues of these magazines, it never occurred to me something, I never really looked at it, even though I've seen it a million times, that they might have chosen him in part just because his number was 16, you know, and he had a red jersey to begin. Well, I don't know if the red jersey, that maybe just red because here, or red because oh, he, he's on the Niners. But they might have chosen yeah. him because it's number 16, and they can do this 16-bit play thing with his actual number, you know, and I, that was something that had never dawned on me. And it says, Superstar Joe Montana scores the big one for Sega as their headline, and... Sounds, again, this is one of those things that sounds like something your grandma might say to you when she's talking about football. You know, it's just like <laughs> something I, I, don't, I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's not conversational. <laughs> you know, it's not quite how we're right. saying, grandma, but okay. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it'll do. Good enough. They also have the box for Joe Montana football pictured, or a box anyhow. It doesn't look like the Genesis game hard shell box uh, that, you actually, that we actually got for the game. And the top right corner is made to look like it's torn away. And you can see a screenshot of the game behind the missing portion. So, cool little 3D-ish effect to it. And the rest of the headlines go as such. We have good news for the new year. How to keep getting Sega Visions free. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Not three, I don't have to pay three fifty. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> don't let the name fool you. Mickey Mouse is back in an astonishing 16-bit fantasy that will blow you away. And I don't understand what the headline means. I don't know. What, what does that mean? Don't let the... Name oh, fool you, Mickey maybe, Mouse? Is that like Mickey maybe, Mouse and around? Is that yeah? Like, what they like mean? Mickey okay. Mouse is like kitty stuff, like right. when Genesis is supposed to be like big time gaming. So yeah, okay, okay, yeah. okay. I retract that criticism. Also <laughs> in this issue, and slick new strategies and hints, tons of new game reviews. Turn up the volume with Sega's stereo speaker giveaway. So let's get cracking. Inside cover is a Namco dual threat ad touting a combo they've been going with a lot lately. Game Up alum Philios and that dope skimmer perspective shooter I really like, Burning Force. This is a new ad layout, though, titled Master the Skies of Top. We haven't seen this exact rendition of it, but those games we have. And a way less good than Nintendo Power TOC is next. Then we get an intense new two-banger spread for cocaine-addled developer Razorsoft for a joint called Stormlord. This ad is behind me right now, actually, with some hardcore medieval fantasy vibes. And the copy here goes like, Thrill to beautiful entombed princesses, chill to psychotic death-dealing sorcerers, spill to... Deranged draconian fire dogs run like hell from hideous head stomping hobgoblins, and and they actually have it spelled hop H O P. Yeah, I'm like, goblin. what? What are what they the doing fuck is here? a hop goblin? You know? <laughs> yeah, these somebody just said, you know, hop goblins, and they're like, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Let's put it in there. Yeah, was, these cokeheads meant hobgoblin for sure, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, this fucking company, man. And like a very small print at the bottom, below some admittedly cool-looking screenshots, I will say. They have two quotes from random-ass game testers. I imagine they just wrangled off the street. The one says, Battle of Awesome Monsters! From That's Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Van Stavern, comma, game tester. And then, if you liked ghouls, Stormlord will blow you away. And that's from Barrett Riles, also game tester. And like they're presented in a way... 
that a company with even like a hint of dignity would quote reputable video game journalists. You know, it's oh, like yeah. presented like it's like a you know, but it's fucking people they like dickheads they hired to come in and play the game. Exactly. If that even, they probably just made them <laughs> up. You know, so like just I don't know, man. Fucking it, it's I don't know. You want this company like. It's just wild, wild west, and like you know that Sega, like you know we've we've established that Sega is like really trying to develop the third party development pool and shit. And there's for that reason, they're probably so, you know, they sit down. I'm sure they took meetings with these people before they like endorse them the way they are. And like I said, we kind of my my hypothesis is what they were they were even subsidizing them to some degree in one way or another. So they probably took meetings and met these people. And you know they had to be like there had to be like they met the dude that that cokehead that we fucking looked at the guy that started this company and like the guy they had to be like I don't know man like that dude I don't know about that dude's he he's fucking shaky at best you know. <laughs> yes. We have the whole we have that ad built already that says seventeen. We only have 16. <laughs> you know, like, fucking, like, there had to be a level of, like, I don't know about this dude, man. Uh, but, you know, like, that, it, it, that's also what makes this era fun is like the oh wild, wild west nature of it. You know? 100%. But this ad is terrible. Like, the ad, <laughs> like, the copy here is just, and I'm not a marketing executive right now yet, knock on wood, but, like, I don't know, man. It's just it's so bad to me. I had to like reread it twice. Like, what am yeah. what are they trying to say here? Before I yeah, even yeah. picked up, the- it's just there's it's it is. It's just like um, so much of. I think their presentation in general is just kind of like they're just like. Whatever comes to mind, there's just like you know, there's like this. Uh, in a more established company or whatever, there's like there's checks and balances and like multiple people things have to pass through. They're hired from outside people. It's just like a few. I think there's just a few dudes that know each other. Yep. They all rip coke all Friday night long every weekend, <laughs> probably all week long together. And like they just whatever the fuck comes to mind in the in, at the office, the fucking makeshift office they're working out of. They're just like, yeah, man, that's fucking awesome. Go with it. <laughs> Like, oh, fucking go. It's fucking great. You know, uh, everything is cool. So, yeah. Uh, it's well, rough. based on this game, I'm not surprised. Did you play it? I'm assuming you yes, played I, it since you have a yeah, Oh, my god. Right. Yeah, dude. It. Who the... Yeah. So, what? it's a... Who the fuck knows when 1990 <laughs> port of an 89 released DOS game. So, you know, that alone, very little optimism. We just had one of these that was like we... Uh, what the fuck was it? What was that one we just played? I didn't write it down. I, I didn't remember it then either when I was doing the notes. But that that side scrolling thing we did that had like the skeletons on the fucking crosses and shit, also an EA adaption of some kind, I believe, uh, in the last game pro. Whatever the game, that doesn't also fucking matter. So yeah, it, it's 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 the same. It's got the same problem with it. The hundred it's like that that those PC side scrolling games didn't work yet. They were fucking all horrible They're and bad. clunky. Yeah. Uh, it was a little better than that. I, I, it was not as bad as that one, control and just feel wise, but it was still very clunky and very bad. I will say though, the in-game shit, like the how much did you like get farther than just like the first screen? Did you try to play it at all? I try to play it a little bit. I mean, it. I mean, it starts with a sexy butterfly woman. Right, exactly. So right. I'm thinking, it's got to be good. But then <laughs> he, he jumps on her head. He's like, Hoo-hoo. I'm like, what yeah. are we playing? Oh it's God. so. It's. It was. So, I was like, all I. It was like it's dripping with razor soft, dude. It's like, yeah. There's just tons of overly sexualized, scantily clad chicks everywhere, man. And yeah, I only played. <laughs> You know, I don't know, five screen width because I had to backtrack at yeah, one point. So, like, I went one way and I had to go back to the left at some point. So, I played, you know, 
three minutes or something maybe and like holy shit was there a lot of naked chicks in it like just <laughs> uh wild dude wild wild and not wild, in a wild. normal way that makes sense you're like what is yeah like what yeah like medieval fantasy for sure yeah, yeah yeah like though you said the one turns into a butterfly or some shit yeah it was <laughs> wild wild ass game uh that company is fucking nuts man again we i gotta interview that dude i hope he's still alive <laughs> A uh, letter from the publishers is next, and it's a little more business-like than I'd guess they would have preferred it to be. They're explaining that they've decided to keep the mag free. Unlike some game company mags we could mention, and it'll be keeping to the quarterly schedule they had been operating on for the first two issues. And this is fucking wild, because the back of issue two had a thing, like a whole bunch of copy, saying that they are moving to a bi-monthly deal and that you would have to subscribe if you wanted to keep getting issues. So that's what they're doing. They're backtracking on this this, this plan, right? And they kind of, like, they tell you this is happening, but they kind of try to ignore the obvious need to explain their flipping of the script. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, if you mail a check, it'll be refunded. (laughs) Right. Like, what really happened behind the scenes that caused this, you know? Yep. I'm very interested. Yeah, it must have been a very small number of checks that came in for this to be <laughs> happening. But yeah, they're yeah, they're gonna refund the checks and like that they'll be doing it and they're gonna send you a letter, you know, too, with the check explained uh, in a little more detail why this is good. See, I, I I so badly wanted to see this letter. I started Googling around, I couldn't find one, unfortunately. Uh, but that would be though that letter is probably amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how full of shit it is, you know. Uh, oh, fucking man. Sega, man. They were such a disaster pre Kalinsky. It was so bad. So, so bad. Mailbox is up next. And J. Michael Albert of Millbury, Massachusetts. This is me, bro. This dude is me. (laughs) He is simply letting Sega know that he is a Nintendo convert. And he goes on to explain this. That's saying, despite a devout NES owner with 13 games, an NES advantage... And over 30 hot mags. And I love that he calls them mags. (laughs) Not magazines. And and being very skeptical skeptical of the new Fangled D Genesis business, he decided he just had to have one. And he told his dad to just sell off the farm. Just sell everything Nintendo we had to make it happen, you know? And that's what I did. That's exactly what I did. I did the same stupid... You did this exact same thing. I did... Yeah. No dad was involved. I didn't have... At least my dad wasn't complicit in it. My dad was probably against it. In fact, I think I recall my dad calling me a moron, if I, if I recall correctly. When I told him, because he you know, obviously paid for all those games in the Nintendo, so he knew how much he spent. And when I came home without any of that shit and just one Sega game, he was probably like, you were a fucking moron. <laughs> you know, or something akin. Probably exactly. Something very close to that. And he was right. He was right. One of the few things my dad was right about was, was that uh, uh, criticism. Yeah, so. I, I definitely had that thought when reading this. Like, wow, kid, like you saw that for like really? Like that's a that's a strong the advantage too. I love that he mentions the advantage being right. In there. Like, like yeah, he's... I don't know at thirteen if I could make that decision. Like, I don't know. That's some strong conviction. Strong conviction. I mean, no, it obviously was worth because you got the game. And like, I was gonna say, like, if it got me into the Sega era. It was worth it. But I was going into the Sega. I didn't have to buy that. Like, it'd be one thing if I had to sell all that shit to get the Genesis. I didn't. I knew my dad had was getting me the Genesis for Christmas. So I was just supplementing that thing that was already happening. So ah, yeah, okay. it, it was it was just it was a terrible business decision. <laughs> 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 terrible business decision. 
so he calls it a good choice, though, right in the copy. He calls it a good choice, uh, just as I thought it was at the time, too. And, uh, yeah, I, I was wondering, I was sitting there reading this, wondering, like, I would love to speak to this individual. I would love to speak to to Jay, whatever whatever that stands for, uh, and, and ask him whether he harbors a bottomless well of regret for having made this choice, as I do. Right. Um, yeah, like, don't, did don't you sell full, your inventory. Born, did you go full board Genesis and were you completely happy? Or like two years later, were you just like, well, two years later, no. I, 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 was, I was fine with it probably until in my 20s, I would say, you know. Uh, and I basically, okay, okay. when I, it was probably, I probably started to regret it when I would like come home, like once I moved to my uncle's and he had his NES still, mm-hmm. and I would come home and there'd be an NES there that I could play. And, you know, miss, basically, uh, or reinstill the the missing of it when I would leave again to go back to, to Columbus, gotcha. you know. So that's probably when I started to think it was. And also, that's probably when it started to become, like, just, you know, it's not, you know, you're not really hardcore nostalgia about things from eight years ago at that time. But it started, <laughs> it was starting to happen then. I remember, like... There was I, I I think I sold my sixty four to get a GameCube in college and and like I kind of remember like keeping it under my bed for a while before I actually made the move and like kind of being hesitant about it uh, and thinking back to my decision with the Nintendo and like oh I didn't want to I kind of regret doing that too should I do this yes I did <laughs> <laughs> whatever you got to do uh, but yeah I was I was just wondering whether he all I would love to hear his take on it and how much that also aligns with mine. We have a huge politically divisive letter from Ricky Banks in Williamsburg, Virginia. Oh, also, man. yeah, he's bitching about the Fantasy Star 2 hint book being too handholdy. And how about, Ricky, how about this? How about just demonstrating some self-control? The book doesn't read it fucking self, Ricky. <laughs> you know? Dude, yeah. I, I think I wrote the exact same thing. Like, how about you just don't read the article, Ricky? What are we, what are we doing right. here? <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. It doesn't fucking slap you in the face with the answers if you don't fucking pick it up, dude. Like, or how does it get, does it get into your house? Like, right. your dad's not going out and getting fucking slap it in your fucking head upside your, uh, slapping you upside the head with it, you know, while you're sitting there playing. You have to make it happen. Or is he just, like, maybe it doesn't ask, uh, specify, is he... Does he not have it, and d- is he just angry that other kids are getting the answers without having to do the work that he prides himself on for having doing? You know, is he just like, you know, is is he is he the old cranky mm, question? Cons- is he the old cranky conservative guy sitting on uh, sitting on his porch just bitchy that everyone bitching that everyone didn't have to work as hard as he did? <laughs> Good question. I wonder yeah. which camp he fell into. <laughs> Or what did he just have, you know, the, the hymn book came with him and he would just went through it and was yeah. just like, oh, I wish I had to figure that out. Oh, <laughs> just went along with it complicitly. Right. <laughs> yeah, we, we need retrospectives. We need a, like a behind the music series kind <laughs> yes. of idea with these letter writers and like talk about how their perspective changed. New series. We need to just do that. We'll just do it on like TikTok short form. Like, remember <laughs> right. when you wrote this? Did you feel still feel the same way later? It's a fantastic why, why idea. Not? I'm not going to download TikTok, but <laughs> I'll do uh, it for you. We'll, we'll <laughs> okay, yeah. We can just have your one of your kids do it. Like, well, again, one of our. I, I I think it's one of your biggest oversights in life that you haven't uh, um, not monetized, but like organized. Say, made one or- of my children <laughs> or- organize them as labor. <laughs> Like you could do it. You can convince you can convince those kids to join the team very easily. <laughs> <sighs> Man. That was it for letters, though, uh, for me. Anyways, 
don't know if you had anything. Nope. Those are the exact ones that I was going to bring up as well. Or Great Minds Think Alike. That epic R-U-A-Genius, Genesis Genius rather, quiz three-banger from Electronic Arts bridges us from there to the Game Doctor. And the first question is an RPG-thirsty ISOH SideQuest listener asking if Sega has any meaty adventure RPG games in the hopper other than Fantasy Star, uh, other than the two Fantasy Star games. And the Doc Reco's Sword of Vermilion and then teases a game called Fatal Labyrinth. And the Google box says that dropped in April, so I'm looking forward to seeing if that's something we can add to our side quests yet to be quested list. Uh, Fatal Labyrinth, I mean. Uh, Sword of Vermilion is already on there, and I, I have some talking about that to do later as well. Hmm. But I, I don't know if... I don't, I, don't, I don't see that happening as far as uh, actually quested. I don't see that getting off the list. Um, unless, I guess, you and Jab really strong army. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh Third question, and more importantly, Doc's answer is kind of fucking wild to me. They're saying they read a rumor of a 32-bit Sega machine being in Japan and that one would be coming to the U.S. in a couple of years. And it goes on to say that they also read there will be an adapter to boost the Genesis up to 32-bit power. And then the fucking game Doc just shoots all this down by saying there is absolutely no truth to either of these rumors. And all those things are true. <laughs> I mean, this is, I don't this know is you... exactly how we know the game Doc has no <laughs> official inside knowledge. Who the fuck is this guy? Like, what yeah. are we talking about here? Yeah, man. What the oh. fuck? Like, I, you know, and I understand, like, like, <laughs> what? like, like timeline-wise, like, it's, you know... It's on a slightly slower timeline than the question quoted, I suppose. Like the 32X uh, North American release is just November 21st, 1994. So we're still three years from that, sure. And then May 95 is the, the Sega Saturn North America release. So we're a ways off. But but still. All those things. <laughs> all those things happen. Like especially, it's one thing like, sure. Like if you have, if, you have, if we went from 8-bit systems to 16-bit systems, it's easy for playground shit to cook up a 32-bit system a happening. Yeah. I'll listen to that being something that he could shoot down and kind of blow off here. But the adapter of the Genesis bumping it to 32 on board <laughs> is way too specific. Which is only know? what they did. Nintendo didn't do right, that. Exactly. Like, that is a right. Sega For thing. sure. Yeah, that's a fantastic point, too. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Fuck the game, Doc. You're a <laughs> dickhead. What a dickhead. Lost all respect for the game, Doc. I thought you were like an insider and like yeah. the marketing like lead of Sega answering these questions, but clearly you're out of uh, the loop. Didn't, yeah, didn't do your man. research. Yeah, you are not on the fucking email chain, dude. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. The last one is kind of fun, too reads about how many hours does it take to wear out a sega cartridge which to me reads as their parents telling them they are going to wear those fuckers out and to stop playing them too much right can, can i get some that, scientific validation here right, yeah that that tv is gonna rot your brain <laughs> that's what the hell that is you know uh, yeah it's just, i i loved it it was so much fun to me the answer uh, also pleases me uh, the game doc here says Sega uses such high quality alloy and plating that there is no reason a Sega cartridge should ever wear out. And you know, whoa, please remove your big dick from my table. <laughs> game doctor. Uh, you didn't have to come at me that hard. <laughs> you start talking about alloys and stuff. You know about alloys? Yeah. You know about right. platings? Yeah. If not, yeah. yeah. You get out your fucking parents encyclopedia and look those words up. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> And but also then ever ever right. hundreds of years from now your game your your Sega your Sega hardware will be rocking and rolling don't even don't even sweat it kid <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it though I am definitely at a hundred percent success rate 
after 30 plus years for every single Genesis card in my collection. I have zero failures. So I can't say hey. he's full of shit so far. Hey, so uh, far so good. Uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic <laughs> uh, manufacturing quality. Yes. From, uh, but I have to say, I don't have any failed Nintendo games either. So both of them. Yeah, but do you have job. to blow in your blow in your second games to make them work? <laughs> um, no. That's a, that's a big but I had cleaning kits for both of them. <laughs> and I bet, I bet I have actually, I bet I have alcohol swab Q-tipped Genesis carts. I think I've had to do that. So yeah, I mean, sometimes I will pop them into this thing and they won't work. So that it's, it's not as frequent as a Nintendo problem, okay. but every now and again, it won't work properly. So I will clean sense. them as well. <laughs> So I don't know. How about your fucking alloys now? Fucking, <laughs> if your alloys are so goddamn great, how come I got to clean them? <laughs> fucking dickhead. A smattering of ads builds anticipation for the cover feature. We have a pretty cool ad from New Vision for that goofy 80s to the max speedboat game, Bimini Run. And then a full pager for a Sega of America release that was developed by the most bleh named video game company ever, Video System Company Limited. Even company <laughs> and limited. And it's like they abbreviate them both. <laughs> Fucking incredible. So uh, with their ad, we have Super Volleyball, and they separate volley and ball into two words, which had me Googling whether this is a technicality I did not know about the about volleyball. Um, but I think they're just wrong. Basically, right? And it's a lowercase terms. b. What are we doing? Is that the right. name? Why is it right. lowercase? If we're talking, if it's the right. name, that's all. Know? That's a good question. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even. Call, yeah, that's fantastic. So terrible syntax uh, <laughs> for for starters. And this dropped in 1990, and I had no recollection of actually playing it. But I would find that I had the ROM, so I must have. And when I, I when I once I got on the screen, I did recall it's it's that game where the it's the floor level, perfectly floor level side view, and you can see. They have like three players bunched up right at the net, and then yeah. one in the back. It's fucking weird. It's so to weird. Me. Yeah. Even the NES volleyball games gave you that elevated three quarter perspective. Yeah, you depth. know, so you, so there's some depth. Yeah, it's fucking so. Yeah, not good. Uh, I did chuckle. I made it like two points into the game, and the I was playing Team China, and the the dude, like he's the very first point. They scored. He ran off the court celebrating like raucously, like all the way off the court. He just runs off the court, happy as fuck about the very first point they scored. So uh, that's pretty good enthusiasm uh, for a bad game. Yeah, it's it, it looks good, man. It's it's kind of fun. But for a while, I can like I can I can't tell how to control the guys at the line to block the other team's spikes. Right. Like I can easily control the back guy, but you got you got to be hesitant about that. Those criticisms, especially with sports games, though, you got to read the manual. It's like the same problems I had with uh, Lakers versus Celtics. Like you're just there's just no way to properly experience those games without knowing every bit yeah. of minutia for the controls. So I wouldn't I, mean, I wouldn't bitch about that. But to me, it's the side the, the, the no depth thing. It's like yeah. no fucking way compared man. to Super Spike V Ball. Right now, yeah. yeah, not even fucking close, dude. Not even fucking close. Video System Company Limited has a mildly interesting gamography. They have 43 titles spanning from 87 to 06. And a not, so yeah, they're not a fly-by-night uh, company limited. And a <laughs> and a weird-ass concentration on volleyball and Formula One racing games as far as that gamography goes. Like, a lot of F1 games and a lot of volleyball games, which is a really weird, like, space to exist in, you know, mm. uh, I think. They also, it's the same company that did the Pipe Dream game, too, though. The, oh, okay. Yeah, so. Okay, respect to them for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got, outside their, got outside their wheelhouse with that one. <laughs> uh, 
They hired and an then, intern, and the intern had an idea, and you're like, right, <laughs> run oh, that's not bad. Or yeah. even probably the, the intern probably brought the code in, even. <laughs> right. They probably built it at home. They're like, yeah, fuck, we'll fucking publish it. Why not? <laughs> and then that incredible game hint ad line with the, or hint line ad, rather, with the big red box and their number they want you to cut out and hang near phone that they have and all the issues. I love Did that. you have love. this next to your phone? Uh, I you? wish I did. I wish I, I wish we had a bulletin board next to the phone for me to have put it on, but I did not. Oh, I also didn't have Sega Visions yet. Ah, um, so yeah, I'll be curious. That's funny. That's a that's a that's a fun question actually. Just like a, a very personal thing, whether or not when we get to the first issue I had, which was the Street Fighter Two issue of Sega Visions, I think it's the first time I've said that maybe on this podcast. But yes, the first issue I had of Sega Visions was I bought it at the uh, at a newsstand or a fucking convenience shop or some convenience store or something and that was the street fighter 2 one and then i got a subscription uh after that and got it i think i think they were i think it was still bi-monthly i want to say maybe not i don't know but yeah i only had the one i think it was like one year or six months or some shit uh but yeah so i'll be curious to see the point being curious to see whether that ad lasts that long and whether or not i actually did see that as a kid (laughs) <laughs> because I am the kind of kid that 100% would cut something out and put it on the board. <laughs> Doing all the fucking art projects that you give me. But then we get to Joe Montana football. Finally. Hmm. They give Joe a full page of glory to start. A shot of him they like enough to also digitize and put in the title sequence of the game. He's again in that 16-bit jersey with his arms raised, touchdown signal style, and he's smiling ear to ear. And it reads, Joe Montana quarterbacks, another super game. The king of the off-balance throw brings his toughness and finesse to the video screen in a new game that breaks all the rules. And this is, you know, the 91 season was my first time I ever really got in and watched football. I watched the Super Bowl, the 90 Super Bowl. That was the wide right that I bet David Camargo at school five bucks of lunch money on and lost. And forever um, (laughs) masochistically endeared me to the Bills. So the first season I watched was 91. So I wasn't, you know, obviously your first season, you know nothing. So, uh, and then Joe Montana got hurt. And actually in the 90 playoffs, I think he missed all of 91 with that injury or most of it. And then when he came back, Steve Young had kind of already taken over and they traded him to to KC not long after. So he was kind of done around yeah. now in San Francisco. So I never really got to see him playing that offense as like, you know, firsthand. I've obviously watched a million old games and shit, but I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't know. I've never heard that. Never heard him referred to as that, like having that as like a, like part of his skill set, the off balance throw. Like, I don't, I don't even think of him. As, he's not, he's clearly not a mobile quarterback. Steve Young was infinitely more mobile than he was. So <laughs> yeah. off balance. I don't know. That's an interesting I've never seen that. That was interesting to me, I guess, is all. That's a really long way of of saying it. That's funny. Yeah, I I think I was feeling the kind of same way. Like, this was before I really got into football also. Like, I would still watch it, you know, when family and obviously would watch the game stuff. But I knew who he was, but I didn't have, like, a strong affinity for him. You know, he wasn't like, oh, like, Joe Montana. Like, even, like, today, even if I'm not actively watching the NFL – you talk, you say who Josh Allen is, you, you know, you talk about Tua, you talk about Jalen Hurts, anybody who's actually doing things right now. Okay, I know, yeah, you see they're kicking ass that. right now. But like yeah, Joe Montana. The, the like, NFL doesn't fall short in their marketing efforts. Yeah. They're doing okay with marketing. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know much about his like individual exploits. I'm like, oh yeah, 49ers quarterback, yeah. 
He was my. It's funny. My my dad was a Browns fan, and there's a certain level of you know, I'm sure defeatedness, uh, defe- <laughs> defeated defeatedness attitude or def- what's the word? That's that's right. Defeatist. Defeatist. That's it. Yes. Defeatist attitude to being a Browns fan. Uh, so he also he was one of those football fans that also had like an ancillary fandom for whoever was the like. I know he also I remember him saying shit about Tom Brady for a long time. He liked Tom Brady too, you know. He loved oh, Joe I Montana see. and he loved Tom. He just likes the fucking the classic cool who's ever's the hot like big winning stuff. winning this quarterback. Not even hot. Like they're not they're not even, they're just like the win, like they're you know Tom Brady boring. He was boring. He's he a was boring definitely. quarterback. But he uh, won. <laughs> he, yeah, exactly. He won a lot, you know. Um, so yeah, it was it was interesting to me that he always so I heard, I remember hearing about Joe Montana a lot, I guess is my point. Uh, but yeah, I also never really got to see him play in that offense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what I do, he's more of a, in the same way Tom Brady was, like a, an executor of, he was surrounded by an, a, a completely innovative system. The West Coast offense was an all new thing that that Bill Walsh invented, basically, you know, and it's like this short, quick passing game that gets it out of the quarterback's hands fast and... Yes, it requires processing power and accuracy, but it's you're not you don't have to be athletically gifted or anything to do it. You just have to be smart enough to be able to. Or not, that's not even necessarily smart, just quick enough mentally to work through progressions and shit. So that's what I think of him as. I don't think of him as doing like anything athlet, athletically gifted necessarily. And our listeners probably don't give a fuck about this topic. <laughs> So from there are a couple of pages of copy that are focused on the game's development process and how involved Montana was in that. And who knows how full of shit that is, but they at least have a probably very staged photo of him at a desk being shown (laughs) something by a couple of college shirt guys with an oddly perfect fanned out litany of design docs on the desk in front of them. You know, it's just like perfectly. Look how. What do you you think, Joe? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Don't put no. Put your hand on your chin. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's, it looks very, uh, and I like. I like, they did a good job of uh, photo direction with the with the people. I think I think Joe and the guys. I could buy it, but the thing on the desk is just too perfectly. It is oh, like just course. this perfectly fanned out thing, you know, with like exactly the top fifty percent sticking out from each document. It's just too perfect. You it know? covers the desk. There's not <laughs> much open space. It's very visually, right. yeah, it works for the shot. Yeah. It works for the shot. Yep. Yeah. It's very funny. Very funny. I think this dropped around Christmas, uh, but 1990 for sure. So let's finally dig into the gameplay and contrast it to our John Madden football experience while oh, reading man. through the last Game Pro. I assume you did play it, yes? Yeah, I did. I, I, okay. I ended up playing a whole game, actually. It's dude, it's not a bad game. Like I said, Jeb had this and we played it for sure. Like, and it's and that is with me having Madden 92 already. So it there was something about it that was interesting and different enough to make you not want to play the or not not that you don't not want to or they, not that you don't want to play Madden 92, but it was different enough and interesting enough to want to play this too, you know. Yeah. So it's so it was so weird, man. At first I'm I'm playing it and I'm thinking, you know, this is comparatively a simpler simpler game. And at first for the first quarter I didn't like it. I'm like, "Ah, eh, this is kind of weird." But then I got used to it. And then I started scoring and I was like, "Okay, now I understand why to your what? point. I, I I get it. Like there's yeah. less processing there's less i don't know there's less going on even when you even your passes you know are, are more like 
I'm going that way. Are you open? I'm throwing it. And, <laughs> you know, what I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It's, it seems more intuitive and simple. I guess that's the bottom line to it. Okay. Okay. What yeah. It, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's yeah. One hundred percent enjoyable for sure. I. I and I and I don't have like any like super specific shit. It's. I mean, honestly, it's different enough to make you want to play it, but also, I mean, it has the look and feel of John Madden in so many ways, and. That's because Sega actually approached EA to consult on this. They, they wanted them to cancel. They knew they were making Madden. They wanted them to cancel John Madden. Trip Hopkins, or sorry, Trip Hawkins, rather, the head honcho at EA, he told them to go fuck themselves. And he's a, you know, he's such a savage, too. He's such a fucking savage. Like, there's a lot of really fun shit. So, they, yeah, they wanted him to cancel. He told them to go fuck themselves, but he would consult. Or they would, you know, have EA personnel consult with them and help them develop the game. So he did that. And then he intentionally, this has been documented, this is not conjecture, they intentionally made Montana shittier than Madden, in their perspective anyways, and that's a fucking amazing. So they, there's fewer wow. plays, they, they have 100 plays to Madden's 113, so there's fewer plays, they simplified the 3D look of the field, for the worse, to their, again, their, their, by their judgment, and there's probably other shit too, but all this shit was done as a downgrade, like an explicit downgrade that tripped directed so they talked to this programmer michael fox on on this game on the montana game and he is documented him on him on record saying that trip looked at the game that they developed and said okay great job now do this this and this to make it shittier so our game's better which is fucking incredible it's so great dude it's so 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 good yeah i'm not surprised because there's definitely parts where you can cheese it like i I had so many big explosive plays where I was able to like get open and I know like in three seconds, the computer's going to dive. So I just have to juke three, two, one. <laughs> he dives at an angle. I just move right. Yeah, yeah. He misses him. Like, the, and I played one game and by the end of it, I had won the game because I figured out how to like oh, kind of oh, game I, it. I would so say quickly. all these 16 bit yeah. football games. We're about just figuring out the cheeses, you know? Like, well, I remember yeah. I remember Madden 96 on SNES, dude. Jab had that. There was this fucking cross play that I could run with Andre Reed. Halfback toss <laughs> left with Thurman Thomas. And then this fucking cross pattern with Andre Reed. Undefensible. <laughs> like, just undefensible, dude. At, fucking at, absolutely game-wrecking. At least with the Madden, though. At least you had to learn plays and you had, I don't know. To your point, I guess, to, to the shadiness of this, Madden, you still had to work at. I still had to figure things out and, like, pull up a, a strategy guide. With this, like I said, I went from I don't know about it to the end. I'm chucking 40-yard bombs and juking it out, and it's and it's not a, a problem, you know? I actually just, had – I. it's funny. You, you keep talking about the passing and, and having done well with it. I had a little t- – it was a little tough for me. I couldn't figure out how to move to my progression to other receivers. Like you have to con- – and, and then also – and this is just something you get used to, I'm sure. But it, it reminded me of play action on NES and that after you throw the ball, you have to guide your receiver yeah, yeah. to but But it's a simpler way to do it, though, I feel like. If you – as long as you put the right amount of touch on the pass. You have you time, know, yeah. Yeah, you have time to kind of get him there. But if you just kind of like jet it, no amount of getting your character there is going to get him. You know, I, But I had a lot of trouble, too. And I guess that's what I'm saying. Like at first, I was really struggling with the passing. I'm like, what are we doing here? But I, I picked it up. Pretty quickly, so yeah. I only played it. I played a half, so that's okay. that's perfect representation. You played a whole game and you got good, and I only played a half and did not. That makes total yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say third quarter kind of like ramped up exponentially. My skill yeah. set there. 
yeah, so that's in game shit. And there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like cool little bells and whistle things too. Like you fire it up, the title screen is Joe cool. He's all digitized and shit. Yeah. Um, a lot of shots of him in that silver helmet and jersey from the commercial shoot. And there's some fun digitized speech also with True. Uh, with True. his voice. So that's cool. Uh, the exhibition mode, duh, had me. I they have all 28 teams, so I was able to play as Buffalo. Uh, and then they show you, I thought this was cool. They show you a little scouting report from Joe himself for each team, you know, yeah, uh, like, like his that. assessment of the 1990 Buffalo Bills was pretty spot on. So uh, I thought even though this was an unlicensed game that they obviously spent the time to kind of model it with the the current NFL to some degree. And I'm sure Joe being like that one, that aspect of his involvement, I'm sure that was something that was important to him. If he actually did have any hands on nature was to like, he want he would want the teams to represent the teams, you know, so right. that was cool. Oh, the uh, instead of the Madden's reco on the play selection screen, you have Joe's suggestion. You know? Right, Joe's. Uh, yeah, what, so it was, what was it called? Was it like Joe's play? I think it was like yeah. Joe's play. And I was right. like, oh, interesting. Which is cool. This is fun. Like I said, that I, I, I made me sad that that got removed from the Madden side of it too. You know, that, that was a, a fun little thing. I think actually it took a while though. I think there was actually a – I think you – 92 or maybe one of those – in the nineties, even they eventually developed, if I'm recalling correctly, they would eventually develop like a, a, a you could go to a group of play. Like there was like a, in the same way that the, the, the formations were presented, one of them was like Madden's suggestion and, and you would go to it and it would just be the three plays. Like you could A, B or C and all three were one of them were Madden's selection for this situation. You know, you can do any one of these three plays and oh, that's what, that's what Madden I don't remember meant. that version. Yeah. That, I think that's eventually how that got implemented. Um, so maybe talent saying that that got removed um, was wrong because I didn't remember that last time. But either way, that's a fun little feature there. Yeah, Jab and I, yeah, we played fucking a ton of this, man. So not a bad game at all. Um, I don't, <laughs> this is, I don't know if there was it. So yeah, I wouldn't let him get the Madden games, which I've always thought of as like this purely negative domineering Nazi fucking thing that I did with like the you know, same thing. I wouldn't let him get Mortal Kombat. That's why he got Street Fighter 2. Same kind of, same kind of deal. But I'm super glad I don't regret that oppression in this regard because it led to us always having – because he would stay on the the Joe Montana train. So he got sports talk. I think he got 92 or 93. I remember him having – once they changed changed it from Montana to just NFL something or other, I think, NFL sports talk or some shit once he was on the Chiefs. And Mm -hmm. and so I remember I think he had 94 and 95 both. So we had – then we had – and that was cool too because the – the sports talk nature of that was awesome, dude. The the play by play component, you know, yeah. I didn't. The gameplay itself, I and it was a completely different view too. They did a side view, so it was like a different feeling game. <laughs> they must have felt super burned by their experience modeling off of Madden and getting the shittier version. So they like feel they right. from the ground up they completely. need to do a new game. Yeah, uh, must have been, that was probably the impetus there. But um, yeah, basically having like both versions of the games. Uh, was was a cool aspect of our childhood that wouldn't I don't think would have happened if I'd let him get mad, hmm. you know. So we got we got one of these days we got to talk about your game oppression of your little brother and <laughs> all the many times that he was not allowed to have certain games. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's it's a super simple psychological thing. I was a dickhead, same way, I <laughs> and I and I had the free reign and the lack of life experience and self reflection to mediate this quality in me. Uh, 
and we were completely uh, untethered and unmonitored and unparented. So whatever the ecosystem was free reign. <laughs> and he was in a position of complete lack of power, you know. Poor so, dad. Poor yeah. dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very simple to diagnose. Uh, moving from there, there's a great full pager that we haven't seen. A mail-in redemption offer for a free pair of Sega branded stereo speakers. This is mentioned on the cover that you can plug right into the stereo audio output jack in the front of the OG model of the Genesis console. And that's one of the things mm. I think I most liked about the design of that. They are most like even to this day. That's why I have that version of it. There's like a little volume slider for the jack, you know, so you can control volume right there on the thing. On but how, the did, that, how did that work? As, as somebody who didn't, who never owned a full-on Genesis, like if you had something like this, would the sound just play out of your speakers instead of the TV or like? Yes. Yeah. Play? So it, okay. exactly. So, I mean, the idea was it was originally implemented as a headphone jack. So you could basically play without and hear the music uh, without bugging everyone else in the room, I think was okay. the original design choice probably. But uh, as I would so frequently do, like I, you know, my, I would use my disc man, the, vid, the audio out on that and just plug it into my actual shitty dad's hand-me-down stereo kind of thing. So like you could use that, that headphone jack would work. And as long as you had like a, an amplifier of some kind, it would, You're you could good. use it, you could pipe it into anything, you know? So uh, yeah, it was a, a super cool feature to me. And that, yeah, that's, you know, you could, these things are basically, in, in my mind, the same thing as a PC Sound Blaster style speakers, you know. So they they had their own volume dial on them. So again, their own amplifier. And yeah, oh my God, I would have fucking loved these fucking things. <laughs> I would love to have them. They call it a $40 value, and all you have to do is purchase any three of the 33 Sega published Genesis titles they have listed here on the redemption coupon. And then redeem them before... Between Christmas Day or the day after Christmas Day and then February 28th, 91. So you got like two months to buy these three games and oh, you can get man. these for free, which I think is a pretty good deal. And they, I found a couple sets of these actually on eBay. I looked them up. There's, uh, you can get a pair of used ones for 220 bucks and they had a new pair uh, for 395 And it, they, they haven't pictured here in the ad, but the branding's a little different. Instead of, they had this like gold uh logo it's just like the sega like basically that the license by sega that's on the game covers that logo is what they have here but the actual ones that rolled out have the sega genesis logo uh, that's like okay. on the front of the console like that gray um whatever however you call that design so a little different than than pictured but very cool and branded 100 that would made you feel uh very um Team Sega, if you'd had that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is this a pretty cool giveaway, I thought. Nice. And we then have a two-banger on Mickey Mouse in the Castle of Illusion after that. Ooh. And yes, this is mostly just a, albeit justified, fluff piece about how gorgeous the game is. That uh, is, and it, rather that it is also by no means a kid's glove challenge. They mention a more in-depth strategy piece is coming down the pipe in a future issue. So we have that to look forward to. And it continues to be touted as a game that belongs in the annals of King Lork's Blessings lineage, for sure. Dude. Gallantry Round 1 and 4 theme from Raiden. 
And we start here with their headline, Sega Does What Nintendo Don't, three banger ad. No featured game this time, though. I guess they save those big guns for the third-party mags where they actually feature a, a game, you know. This is just kind of like a system overview. The big copy blurb is an amalgamation of little quips about the nine games shown on CRTs on the first page instead of a one hyper-focused screaming from the rooftops deal about how great Moonwalker or whatever it might be. And then Dick Tracy gets a lone page next uh, as a game feature, and they call Dick Tracy the world's most famous cop in the table setting blurb. And what? I call bullshit on that. Yeah, <laughs> I call bullshit. He's a cop yeah. now. Robocop for one is more famous <laughs> right? right now. What are we talking uh, about? <laughs> than, than Dick Tracy. Uh, but I, yeah, like whatever. This is studio property is what they're fucking talking about there. Yeah. At this time, a topical studio property. So yeah, honestly, probably in the moment, like if if social media was out at this time. It might be the most trending hashtag of any cop-related property. Because of marketing, not because people right. wanted it, though. Precisely. <laughs> precisely. precisely. Enough, but nonetheless. They mention a target range bonus minigame between stages that I never saw because I couldn't finish that first stage even. But I usually dig those, speaking of Robocop. So that's one aspect of that game, I guess, that uh, hmm. maybe is cool-er than the side-scrolling gameplay that I had hesitations about. Reservations, maybe about a better word. And then ISOH Game App alum action with the next two bangers. We have Cyberball and Strider. And they spend a lot of time setting up the story world for Cyberball. And I, even though it wasn't that long ago, I had forgotten how much I enjoyed the story world of that game. The illegal bionic surgery leading to robots replacing humans and the, <laughs> the exploding ball and all that is just so right. fucking, so much fun. Uh, so yeah, I very much enjoyed that refresher. And they are, of course, sure to point out Strider is rolling with 8 megs of memory! Booyah! <laughs> they just they cannot wait to talk about it. They just can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> hey, you gotta sell what you can sell, man. Yeah, so excited. It's a great game, though. We double-blessing that, right? Did you... You didn't. I did. The yeah. Genesis version, yes. Since yes. you made me play it twice, a terrible yeah. version. And then but I was right. I was right. I was right. True. Some buster fluff for knockout boxing and an ad for my yet-to-be game-ept flying space shmup darling Hellfire get us to a two-banger on Thunder Force 3. And they call it a must for Sega Genesis owners. And it is also quite good. This is the one with the really cool stage select interface, like the targeting, you're targeting a planet and shit, so... It is a very good game. I agree. I have every. It's funny, you know. We keep seeing these like Hellfire, Thunder Force, all these these games that are like not differentiating enough to right? be able to keep. <laughs> I'm like, separate which in my one mind. is that one? Yeah, yeah. Every time, like, and like every, and like they're in every game pro and every yeah. Sega Visions. And I like, I mean, how many times have we seen them? And I still, they're all the same to me until I fire them up. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is what's cool about every that time. So it's, every yeah, time. it's not that like it's not. I don't mean it in like the games are bad way, which is kind of what that sounds like, but. Yeah, they are just so. The genre is just so unmemorable. Yes, uh, I guess I don't know. Unless you're, but they're all good out. games. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, it's weird. It's a weird dichotomy. We get our first real coverage on the new Shinobi Joint next, a two banger, and it got the tiniest amount of shine possible in the last game. Pro, a small blurb at the end of Pro Shots, which I thought was borderline criminally disrespectful for this tentpole Sega franchise. But the notable highlights from this feature: the game is fully set in NYC. Like uh, the story setup for that is Musashi headed there after toppling the Neo Zed organization in the second game, just to visit a buddy and hang out for a bit before he went back to Japan. And while he's there, he ends up seeing his friend killed 
And they didn't really explain how that happened specifically, but he's he's killed. I, I'm sure the game did. I definitely watched the fucking title screen, but I don't remember what it was. In any case, he dies. Musashi somehow adopts his dog, Yamato. So that's a big fucking part of this game. The dog fights with you in the game at all times. And I played this a little more this time and got a better understanding of this system. It's fucking cool, dude. You can sick, yeah. You you can sick the, you can sick him on the nearest enemy by holding the B button at any time. And the dog, it doesn't kill things. It's his attack distracts them to buy you time while you're mobbed by enemies. Which is it, I didn't I forgot to mention this about fucking Dungeons of Eternity, but that, that's the thing in Dungeons of Eternity too. You're you're getting mobbed by the shit from all directions. And one of the things you can do is, especially with the bow, because they're at a distance when you do it. You can shoot their, like the skeletons and zombies, a lot of them. So you can shoot their fucking legs off. So then the zombies are just crawling, there slows them down. So you can like shoot the leg off that one and move over to this other thing and deal with that and then go back to the thing. And that's kind of, it's the same vibe with this. You can like sick the dog on this thing that's closest to you, projectile kill the thing further away, give you time with that nearer thing, and then deal with that after the further away thing is dead. So it's like, a, it's again, that those little mental, changing these action games into like a little bit of a mental puzzle and allowing me to have more agency over how I just, instead of just mindlessly killing things as they come, I can kind of take agency over that is a really cool aspect of this that the dog creates, I think. So that's pretty cool. Uh, this fucker is hard though, man. You die, you go back to the beginning of the scenario. There's no fucking like restarting in the middle of the thing and yeah they call it the hardest one so far and oh. after game up in the second one i would attest that's really fucking saying something because i did not finish that game and that's only happened maybe what two or three times the whole time <laughs> we're fucking doing this podcast yeah so if this one is harder yikes <laughs> if this one is harder i'm a pass yeah <laughs> although i think you know i what i the reason i didn't finish that game was not necessarily the moment to moment Shit being too hard. It was that maze that was the second to last stage. I was like, I'm not fuck off. I'm not doing fuck eat shit and die. I'm not doing this fucking this and you know just one of those random maze deals. There's no direction, no way to know. Uh, at least in my perception, anyways. Maybe I was wrong about that. I can't recall. But yeah, I was. I was not. No, because you you had to look up. The, we had there was like a we looked up the map on the fucking yeah. That's what it was. I looked up the map and saw what the solution was, and I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I do remember being very shocked that you did not beat that. I was like, "What?" Yeah, but yeah. Uh, did you play it this Although time? I definitely did not give it a blessing. Um, no, I did not because it's Shinobi, and after the last non-blessing, I was like, mm, no. "Just out, just out." Oh man! Although I knew you were gonna, I knew you were gonna play it and mention it, but <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but yeah, it is tough. The one hit death. Uh, and yeah, I didn't mention that, but yeah, it's a one-hit death situation, uh, which is tough. And you go back to the stage start, that's tough too. But the dog thing is really fucking cool, and it is gorgeous. The music is fucking lit. The ninjutsu spells that you have are badass, man. Like the you can do really cool, fucking devastating things with those. It, it is very tempting, despite yes that and like the you know it's. I think there is improvement to that kind of you know we we griped a lot about the stilted non ninja feel, non ninja fluidity feel to the controls in that in revenge yep. and i think they that is improved but not entirely vacated so uh. the the difficulty and that not feeling entirely better are detractors but it's yeah. i think it's still a really good game <laughs> um, 
A cool new two-banger ad from Renovation is on deck after that, and they're going for a police lineup theme here. This is a pretty cool, I don't know, ad design or whatever. They have, like, a police lineup background that, like, shows the height of the criminals, and then three other games featured in the ta- with the tagline, Renovation's Lethal Lineup, uh, above or below it, whatever it is. And they have, like, the game boxes on the height ship. And it is Final Zone, Granada, and Whiprush. And those are all games we've spoken about. Final Zone is just some flying shit, I think, that is kind of mediocre. Granada was the tank one, I think, that we fucked with uh, an episode or two ago in GamePro, I believe. And then Whiprush was, uh, I think, actually a pretty cool flying schmuck, if I recall correctly. And you can also mail in for a free poster for any one of these three titles, not even asking for shipping and handling anything uh, in, in that case, which is pretty cool. Wow. So would have definitely cut that out and mailed it in, stole a stamp from Dad and all that. <laughs> and, and we've seen and played all three uh, a number of times now. It's nothing new. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, I wrote down. I do dig Whiprush. Um, but there's better ones. Like none of these are better than that. Those few flying shmups that we have yet to tackle. So not bad, but not cream of the crop either. Definitely okay if you had a Genesis at the time and you got sure. one as a gift. You're playing it and you're yeah, but probably a great rental. Great yeah. rental. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, just for a weekend, you can take that fucker back after you fucking <laughs> totally fucking um, dipped your toe in. A then we so okay now we're moving on to sort of Vermillion. There's a two banger dive into that, and it's like like they have this like there's a really stylized table setting blurb that <laughs> kind of it feels like the lamest most stock medieval fantasy Mad Libs ever is what it felt like to me like sword dragon village kingdom dine wish king Excaliburia like just <laughs> words that would be in this story world you know but there aren't good ones that really that are really paint, picture painting to tie them all together you know uh, is kind of what I mean by that and they do cut right through the shit and start talking about how you should start the game with grinding until you get to level three or four. And I have to applaud that kind of honesty. So I, I like right. that aspect that they Letting tell you. you know up front. Yep. You're going to do some fucking grinding to get into this game, which is fair. I want to grind and I'm fucking playing uh, an RPG in 1991. I guess we're in now, finally. the There's three battle screenshots featuring some awesome... Huge enemy sprites. So it, like, it looks fucking cool and interesting. But that is pretty much the only thing on these two pages that really piqued me. And after having this roundabout same level or lack thereof of enthusiasm when I tried it at the beginning of the game, I I think I'm kind of sad emojiing out on this personally. Uh, I don't know if you got as far as to fucking with it again or anything, but no, because I know, because I know it's something that's going to take a long play and just prior feelings were like carried the day on this. So yeah, looked at it again. Like it's cool. The art is weird to your point. Like it definitely looks more like painting kind of a thing and definitely does not pull me in. So moving on. Yeah. yeah I, I think we're going to be long out of this era. It's like we still got to do fantasy star two. And I think we're going to be long out of this era and have just infinitely better options to it. And there's just not, I mean, it's, it's historic, I guess, in the sense that it's probably the first, if you don't count the fantasy star iteration on SMS, it's probably the first big RPG in the Sega yeah. lineage, home console lineage. So there's an aspect of like historical significance, but I don't know if it's, I think it's, 
and it's just mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's there, you know. And we uh, thankfully we we have the benchmark, even if you weren't participatory in it, of the first fantasy star to say we got the first one, so it's not like we totally ignored the beginnings of Sega. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we can skip over this one and go to Fantasy Star Two and not be doing too big a disservice to the Sega side of the paradigm that we are journalizing through here. The party line is next. That's Sega's forward-facing marketing facade dedicated to demonstrating how supportive, (laughs) i.e. in need of third-party developers, they are right now. And they mention a wrestling game in here from DreamWorks called Jesse the Body Ventura Wrestling Superstars. And I I spent some mental time on this. Uh, It doesn't appear this ever made it out, so it's kind of for naught. But I feel like that's a really weird wrestler choice. And... What I think is, my diagnosis of this is, I think Jesse the Body had a hell of a publicist and or agent right? at this time, you know? Like, like I know he had some heat. Like, he wasn't non-existent as a, as a wrestling persona, but he wasn't, like, very, he was very mid to me. Like, very, he was, very... He was older. He was popular. Like, clearly he became, like, governor or whatever later. So he's, you know, he's clearly... Got some some personality. Well, well, there's some intermediary. Well, yeah, I see what you're saying there. I thought you know what I mean. I thought you were saying that was like part of his like resume. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying like he's always had like personality and stuff, but he was not. To your point, he was not as big as like your Hulk Hogan's, your Macho Man's, your, right? To do a whole wrestling game for, yeah, just does not, it doesn't doesn't seem. I like think a good fit. I think he which was you like, know it never made it out. So that maybe also knows. maybe image image was probably important at the time too. So I, I assume there's like a small pool of. What's your image? Who's big enough? Who's interested? Blah, blah, blah. You know? Right. For sure. Yeah. Like, he, you know, he, in between, <laughs> that's what I was, I thought you were jumping right to governor, like jumping over the acting part of his <laughs> whatever, because that obviously was, a pre- I think, a, a bigger predecessor oh, to yeah. him becoming governor, probably, uh, in, in the same way it was for Arnie. But yeah, like, you know, he, I was kind of surprised, like, when I really started digging through his acting filmography like you know he there's uh, the obvious the running man and predator obvious things that everyone has seen and knows and I, you know i, I love running man as I've, I've said before is one of my favorite movies yeah. ever and he certainly his uh role in that is a, is a nice big fun part of it for sure um kind of like he's like the retired gladiator that like laces his boots back up when shit goes sideways you know and, and arnold's fucking taken out <laughs> so many, so many other stars. So yeah, that's, that's, he does a cool oh, yeah. job with that. But uh, and uh, yeah, I, and that's the thing. I think he like the only way because there's nothing before that though. And and again, like pretty mid wrestling persona. Like I think he must have he had to have been buddies with Arnie. I think to get those two <laughs> big ass roles. You think like, so? he, yeah, he must Very have possible. had some sort of you know off the court relationship for sure that that made those happen because there was there's nothing in his background. I just, there's just, I do not see him like auditioning for the, I mean, I guess, you know, they wanted a big dude and I guess he was that. And there probably was some of those wrestlers that were big fucking big ster- personable, right. not drugged out, not right. going to go nuts. You know what I mean? You're really, yeah. so you're, maybe, maybe, maybe he got him legitimately, yeah. <laughs> I guess, talking through it. But my initial presumption was there had to be a relationship there. But he, it was funny, like, again, like I said, where he went from there. He did. He was in quite a few things. Uh, he he also had a role in this movie. You ever seen Ricochet? I think I've talked about it on here before too. I have. It's a Whoa. Denzel movie. It's him and Lithgow. It's Denzel and Lithgow, and yeah. it's fucking yeah. He it's a really. It's, I think his role in that was rather small, but that's a really good movie. Like one of my guilty pleasures. I remember my dad watched. That was one of those like 
rental store deals I watched with my dad in hindsight. Like I cannot, like it's such a testament to, <laughs> I don't know. I want to say irresponsibility. Why, I, mean, why, I want, why did you watch that? Yeah. Why was I, <laughs> why? Cause I mean, I, I was probably like eight or nine, 91. So what I'd been, I guess I'd have been 10. 10 yeah. it's, it's fringe maybe like 10. I will never have kids, but if I did have kids, I would want to be somewhat loose on this. Like, I think I want, I don't want, I wouldn't want to be, it's probably why I shouldn't have children, but I, I <laughs> uh, but I want, I wouldn't want to be, like, I want the kid to be exposed to these things in life and these negative fucked up things in a safe way like that. And to be, and, and not to be oblivious to the fucked up dark parts of the world. So when they see them, in their real life, they're prepared and not just totally in shock oh, and for awe. Sure. With either just, curi- yeah. Honestly, with curiosity, mm-hmm. because you've seen them before, it's just going to be less significant for one. But two, yes, just mentally prepared as much as a kid could be to be able to process and deal with that shit in a way that's you would hopefully want them to and, and whatever, you know. So like, there's, there's you know, I don't want to break that too much, but this is a dark and fucked up movie for super dark. Like, there's like all sorts of fucking, he gets like, they like, the whole premise of the movie if you do remember it, and this is redundant, I guess maybe the listeners it won't be like they like he's like a cop, or no, he's a he's a politician. He's like a local politician. Like a, he's running for like pro, local pro, like a fucking uh, what do you call that? The prosecutor, uh, county prosecutor, like the attorney fucking, general, or attorney general, yeah, type deal. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, he gets John. He does he 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 was in like earlier in his career. He put John Lithgow in prison. And when when Lithgow gets out, he goes on a revenge tour, and he he kidnaps Denzel, and like he videotapes him, he he like drugs him up and videotapes him like fucking hookers and doing drugs or like being all drugged out or something like that, yeah. like all these things that like to def- to defame him in a way that he's going to publicly release these videos and try to ruin his life that way you know so it's like a really dark twisted and like obviously just the there's a lot of like really visceral depictions of the fucking sex and like the gritty drug use and all that shit so it's like a really really grimy ass movie and like yeah Lithgow does this amazing that role this really vindictive villain you know so awesome movie so he had a small role in that and he's also in Demolition Man too which is another one of my guilty pleasures oh, I think they're, you know they're doing a new one of those which will be dog shit no. of course yes they're doing a new one and like a continuation so, or just like a reboot? I think a continuation. It. Yeah, the uh, I think Stallone was in. They did, again. I think this was just on. Oh, it might have been Cadcast. I heard them talking about this, but uh, Stallone was involved with it for. Uh, no, actually, check that. It was Cartridge Command. Those Ohio dudes. Uh, I was listening to. They did. I think the Demolition Man video game, maybe. Or no, they did another Stallone video game, and they were talking about Demolition Man. And I guess Stallone was involved with that. Uh, okay. The, re- the reboot of it, but I, I actually, I maybe was just something they saw it in development that it wasn't happening yet, uh, at least not within <sighs> the actual attraction. But it would I be horrible. But I do love that story world for sure, and I wish they could do it in a non horrible way because yeah, it's an awesome story world, just so fucking good. They need a documentary on that too. They need it. They need to pull a Cobra Kai, find a good way to like revive that world and tell you more about. Tell me more about what's happening in that world and yeah. what's gone on since. I would love that. I'm, I'm into so it. good. If you're listening to me, make it make it happen. Yeah, it's, it's probably my. It's probably that's probably my favorite Sandra Bullock role. Oh, ever. for sure, mine too. Absolutely. Speed's good. I like Speed. Speed's good. It was a good movie, but I think she was a little more stock in that. You know, like her. 
she did such a fantastic job with like that. And that's kind of what she's always like the good, usually anyways, the good girl. Yeah. Uh, she's very all American and all that visually. So they played into that with most of a lot of her roles, but like she's just the over the topness of her like naivety is just yes. incredible in that contrast. So against, memorable. I will yeah. always remember that movie, yeah. that performance that, yeah. Yeah. So good. Uh, so otherwise this feature is like a third party game speed dating event. It's just a game title and maybe seven vague adjectives. Then next topic. <laughs> so, so, uh, it's kind of like a, we blow through the, the pro news reports and stuff. It's just like these, this, this, there's nothing interesting here. It's just telling us things that we already see in ads. There's no benefit to having this here in, in my opinion as an actual piece of journalism. They're not giving you judgments or yeah. any sort of editorial analysis. It's just, this exists. Like, I know that exists already. You don't need I, to put it here. <laughs> I felt the same thing. Reading this whole magazine, I kind of felt, I didn't, I don't know why. Maybe it's because it was newer. I didn't feel that way before. But reading through this issue, I kind of felt like that. Like, if I'm aware of the gaming industry at all at the time, if I am looking at GamePro or EGM or anything else, then this feels just kind of like. This is redundant. Just, right? Yeah. Yep. No, and you know, if I'm a kid, yeah. they're not fucking, you know, like I said, pre Kalinsky sake of it, it's not a magazine yet, you know, which is why they couldn't get people to subscribe to it. The readers of the time felt that way too. Um, so <laughs> yeah. we, we are not alone in that sentiment. After these messages, we'll be right back. Who does the first ever eight meg game, the ultimate in gameplay, voted game of the year? Who does the third generation of the hot arcade hit Shinobi and Life Like 16 bit graphics? Genesis does. Genesis does. Who gives you two stereo speakers free so you hear the great stereo sound of Genesis? Just buy any three Sega Genesis brand games before March and get two stereo speakers free. That is a 1990 Genesis Does commercial that I feel like had to have dropped the same day as the issue of this mag. <laughs> it is, it's Strider, Shadow Dancer, and then those fucking speakers. It's just too closely aligned <laughs> to not have been the case. That they, what, Absolutely. Just, yeah, roll out of the marketing fucking room at, at Sega HQ in unison, you know, it was, it was impossible to me. We are moving into visions and views in the news to get us rolling again. And they start off with some chest pounding on the tech front. First with an arcade cockpit cabinet that moves with the in-game action on multiple vertices. Uh, I'm pretty sure we've seen this already somewhere else, maybe in GamePro or something. Yeah. They tout a new video monitor cable that allows you to bypass the antenna connection on your TV. And I was actually able to find a Reddit post of the original packaging, or, or oh. rather of this in the original packaging. Link to that's in the show notes. But it's it really is just a composite video connection on one side and then a mono audio AV connection on the TV side. So not yeah. <laughs> you know, some mind-blowing technology or anything. But it was it was actually – the Sega does have – and that's what the composite is. And that may not mean anything to some people. Composite's like – it's like four – it looks kind of like a computer mouse – an old-school computer mouse cable in that it's like this round connection – Female, it's a female connection on the cable side, and it's got four little on the lower half. It's got like a a half circle of four little prongs that go in, and yeah, yeah it's it's the only console I know that has that as a video out option. So that's kind of interesting that Sega had that at all, I think. But that is what they're talking about there. The cable for that. And then it's an art contest setup. Send in your rendition of any Sega character you want. First prize is a Game Gear and two games. Ooh, and, I like yeah. that. The, the Great Sega Brush-Off is their clever moniker for the contest. <laughs> nice. It's pretty good, I think. 
The Great Genesis Payback is also explained here, which is their $30 rebate on copying a Genesis by January 15th, 1991. And I love that they try to soothe your pain about having to cut up your box. Uh, the copy reads, yes, it will leave a hole, but we're talking 30 bucks here. Right? Like, <laughs> and it would it would have pained me. I had my Sega Genesis box for a long... I think when I sold it, like, again, like an idiot, uh, I still had the core... I had the core system, and it was just a square box. And, yeah, I kept that bitch in my closet for a long time. So it would have pained me greatly to cut it up, for sure. <laughs> We're talking thirty bucks here, Josh. Though, yeah, we are. I mean, you know, I would. That's a that is a great question, actually. Would <laughs> I have done it? It's not out of my pocket, but you, even though it's not out of your pocket, the rebate port. Your dad bought the Genesis, so it's kind of a sunk cost. But like, matter. But but you're it's like thirty dollars more. Right? Old. Exactly. You exactly. Buy a you, game. That's a yeah. New and, game. And here's the thing: unless Mad Mike's prick ass is keeping the thirty bucks, it's worth it. <laughs> Hundred percent. I'm grabbing yeah. the scissors. As long as I can get a st- a stamp from mom's drawer, we're going. <laughs> right, right, right. We then have a two banger from Micronet, and we have three games here. Two of them are not out yet. A war strategy sim, Warrior of Rome, hits in late February, and then what is almost certainly a flying space shmup, Raiden. Okay, is a summer release. You played it, I assume. You used the music, so you must have been stoked. Yeah, we have to talk about that. I know it says coming soon here, and but it's listed in a couple other places in the mag. So it says Raiden here. The game that comes out is Raiden Trad. And okay. it's the reason why I'm very excited about this. And the reason the art immediately jumped out at me is because I told you recently, if you recall, I got Raiden 3 and Raiden 4. Oh, yeah. That's what you, okay. So this is what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is the original version of these games, these flying shooters that I love. Like, I haven't even see, played Raiden Can you see the through? Did you play it? I assume you did. Yeah. So I did. It, could you see it, the through line? Is it there? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Absolutely. It, you, you could, it's, an, it's a perfect Genesis version of the Xbox game I'm playing now. Flying okay. shooter, like all the, the ways that I love the upgrade trees of the, the different weapons and bombs you get. It's still there, but it's much more simple and much, you know, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't try it. So it was not yet. Yeah. That's, I, that's I, cool. I realized even though, yes, this was on my nominations and I, I realized this probably couldn't be allowed because it's not there what's yet. The, what's the release play. date? What's the, this, they fucking do these magazines like every three years. So, I mean, we probably can justify uh, it. <laughs> the last one here is, is uh, it's a puzzler that I kind of sort of liked junction. It was like the pipe one where it's like. Little tiles. The one I didn't, I didn't entirely understand what my objective was when I first was playing it, but it was, it was pretty cool. April nineteen ninety. Oh, really? Are you sure that's the Genesis version or the arcade version? No, that's the that was in Japan, North okay. America. Yeah, I, I definitely looked. I must have looked at it. So you go to Moby Games, the North American release must be after, but it's probably not that far after. That's what I'm trying to see because. I should have looked this up. They changed it. They changed it a little. So if you go to the Moby Games listing for it, Moby Games is Moby Games is where it's the it's the best database for video game bullshit, uh, in my opinion. Anyways, I guess maybe that's a subjective opinion. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's if you go there, it'll have like the the release date for the drop down. You got to like click through to the actual Genesis version, and then it'll show you all the different territory release dates japan north america yada 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 oh page oh it's a summer release i already have it here jesus christ it's my my nose it's a summer release so yeah i mean there will be another quarterly issue but whatever 
Gotcha. Okay. If you didn't really talk me into that, I'm just fucking whatever. Uh, <laughs> a, a few pages of trying to keep the master system alive. Follow that. We have two on Paperboy, <laughs> which ain't too shabby. Better than the NES one, I think. Uh, we've talked about that. And then one on the SMS release of Joe Montana. And it, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like a total disaster. Kind of Tecmo bullish with a side view. So it is a different build yeah. of the game. And I wonder, again, we talked about how they went a totally different direction. I wonder... If oh, you know, I wonder maybe how it was much supposed that... to be like this, and they were like, yeah. "Switch it so that it's like." Well, trip ours, trip came, yeah, exactly. Troll trip came in and was like, "Well, this is we're, this is what we're doing. We think it's pretty cool." And they're like, "Yeah, it's pretty cool." They already had this SMS one working though, and they couldn't whatever backport it, whatever it might be. So yeah, it didn't look like a total disaster though. Uh, I did get the ROM and tried to play it, but there was it was something I couldn't get to work. It wouldn't get past the title screen for some reason. But Joe did look super cool in eight bit, at least. <laughs> <laughs> So they had that had that going for it for sure. Uh, gameplay TBD. Then the High Point Hot Shots installment comes screaming in with all five of their high scores. They do have location info, thankfully, but there are no Ohio Ohio locales to spark an Ohio geography lesson here. Unfortunately, their big SMS is fire two banger ad preps us for even more SMS heat with the other big fish in house Genesis Sports title. They are backporting Pat Riley basketball. And after my Montana letdown, knowing how I felt about every single 8-bit basketball game ever so far, I wouldn't do it to myself here, and I skipped playing this. Did you <laughs> Did you try it? The, the Bills had just lost to the fucking Patriots, so I was not in an emotional place <laughs> where I could handle more letdowns. So I skipped over it. But did, did you no, try it? No, I, I absolutely did not try it. Okay. Um, yeah, no. I thought I'd actually played this game before as, as it was. We played the 16-bit version. This is the SMS. Oh one. yeah, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. I played this before. I'm confused. Yeah, I personal, I purposely skipped this because I looked up there and saw the eight bit, and I said, no, I wouldn't do that to myself. <laughs> yeah, fair, 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 fair. The EA John Madden Football Two Manger bridges us over to our comic Niles Nemo in Sega Land, and Golden Axe is the featured game. The creator credits are great. I think it's not writer illustrator. I don't know if you clock this or not. It's a very minute thing, but instead of that, they how they would normally be titled or billed on uh, comic uh, credits. It reads, it's words, Bill Crunkle, or Kunkel, rather, and then pictures, Dave Sullivan. So instead of writer-illustrator, I thought that was a cool... Um, I don't know, I've done that with some of the the shorts I've done before, too, like where I only have a cinematographer and a sound person. That's basically my whole crew. Instead of doing, like, director of photography and sound recordist or sound mixer, it's just like, yeah. picture, sound. <laughs> like, <laughs> two motherfuckers like, did the whole deal. Yeah. yeah, we don't have to fucking, we don't have to make this bigger than it is, you know. Um, so I applaud that sentiment as well. Uh, world's coolest guy, Nemo, falls asleep after eating a papaya and avocado pizza. Whoa. Uh, then has to frag a bunch of barbarian types with the SMS controller he fortunately carried into the dream world, Sega Land. And an SMS controller instead of a Genesis controller is such a lame marketing fail yet again with these fucking guys to me that they're like, <laughs> instead of, you know, and like, it's like a money and like whatever, who cares, who cares, who cares, but just like at this granular level. You know, they, well, we don't need to think about this and doesn't care about, it doesn't matter to us. And it, 95% of the people reading the comic never would have even thought or cared about it. But the subliminal small things that a marketing employee should be doing to ingrain and sell and like subconsciously con- convert or sway the receiver of the advertisement. Is not being performed here, yeah. you know. So Genesis, Genesis, Genesis. Everything's right. about the Genesis. New, right. new age. Right. Come on. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, even that's a fail. But. 
so yeah, it's fucking this. These kind of still, I still the Game Pro better. Game Pro is yeah. the best one for sure. These these are probably they don't annoy me as much as the Nestor ones do because you don't have the little dickhead kid probably. being an asshole. But this kid is also annoying too. He's like coolest guy ever but still like yelling to his mom out the fucking window out the, out the bedroom kind of, <laughs> right. kind of deal you know so he's like a little old kind of the same kid but just a little older is really uh the, the yeah they're, they're in the same vein for sure like, yeah I'll, I'll take game adventures of game pro all day yeah coming attractions teases 688 attack sub fatal labyrinth again that rpg i mentioned earlier and or they mentioned earlier rather and abram's battle tank for the the next issue so this is the big, uh, probably be the cover features. And then we close out with a full pager from Tengen for Arcade Port Hard Driven. dropped a few days before Christmas, so we are fair game on this game for a game episode. And I've talked it up already, but this game has a serious place in my nostalgia heart. Jab had the cart, I've reclaimed it in my childhood reclamation project, and this is just a really, really fun, but weird, obtuse game. And it's, it's like, <laughs> like, I really, really, really parsed it, and I was talking to someone on, on one of the socials too, like, it looks like shit, it controls like shit, it sounds like shit. Absolute ridiculous things happen in the game that make no sense whatsoever, but it's still somehow a national fucking treasure to play. It's so much fun. That and makes I, I, no sense. I, none at all, dude. It is completely <laughs> illogical, but it is such a fun game. And again, I can tell from the chatter and like the reception of the shit I was posting from it that... I am not alone in this opinion. Like, it is a well-revered game. And, like, uh, some of it was for the arcade game, which I'm sure is, of course, better. I don't think I've ever... I don't think I've ever tried it. I might have. Either way, it's just so much fucking fun. <laughs> but but it looks like... Yeah, it's like it's like this proto-3D, so, so polygonal, <laughs> so rough around the edges in so many ways, dude. Uh, but I'm telling you, did you try it? No, because oh, dude, I you looked got it. at it. You gotta try it. I don't know, like, I wanna play it as a game, as like just a jerk-off game episode, but like, I don't know if there's any, like, I don't know what we talk about. I mean, there is, you know, like, <laughs> we will spend, if we do a game episode on it, we'll spend half-hour chunks on, like, the absurdity of being able to run over the cow in front of the barn and trying to, trying to drop out of the top of the fucking... 360 degree loop on the stunt course like there's just like there's all these weird ass in the semi truck I posted a video of of coming out like I was like trying to do I was trying to record myself doing the thing where you like go halfway up the 360 loop and literally just drop down because it shows you an instant replay of your crash after the mm -hmm. fact which is just one of the weird quirky things about the game but when you do that, you can actually see your dumbass car just drop out of the loop halfway through, and it's it's cool. It's a cool thing to see. But I was trying to do that, and a fucking the the cars are still on the, the oncoming cars, and the and the opposite on, oncoming lane are still in the stunt side because that's the whole thing. The whole setup of it is you start the course, and you can go either straight, and it's just a speed course 
where you're trying to like kind of customary outrun type gameplay where you're trying to you're trying to beat a clock and do laps and get more time by hitting checkpoints yada 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 and then you can veer off to the right instead and just do you're still on a clock but it's a stunt course and there's all these like there's a big 360 degree loop and there's like a uh, an embankment where you have to kind of go up and uh, defy gravity as you go through the turn and you know there's a jump over a fucking drawbridge and there's all these things stunt minded components to the, that side of the course and that's of course the way more fun version but yeah so the, i was trying to the, the oncoming traffic is still in that and i come up to the loop in my video and a fucking semi truck comes out of the goddamn out of the loop-de-loop -loop and fucking and just nails my ass and i fucking crash you know so like the idea that a fucking semi truck can go through a 360 degree <laughs> fucking loop all the way and, and come out of nowhere is just a hysterical example of how absurd the, the gameplay is in, in this in this fucking video game so yeah really fucking fun man and the, the, i love the, the ad is great too there's a lot of fun copyright in here that i think they nail hard driving is so real you'll feel like you're burning up the road in a high performance car two tracks provide plenty of challenge put the pedal to the metal on the speed track or get airborne on the radical stunt track uh, jump a drawbridge, do a vertical 360 degree loop. The true 3D screen display will have you hanging on for dear life. If you lose it, you get to see an instant replay of your accident. Like the incredible arcade hit, the hard driving is looking for a few hard drivers. No license, no or cars are required. So pretty fun copy there, and it encapsulates kind of all the fun little aspects of it. I think so. Good job there. And yeah, you. Yeah, you got it. Uh, if, even if we don't play it for it, you just gotta fire it up and try it, dude. Because it's and you gotta stick it out and like get into it and get a feel for the controls so you can actually engage the game. Because initially, you're not going to be able to. <laughs> so it's gonna, it's gonna take a moment. You have to stick. You have to, you're, you have to get over that speed bump uh, to to really embrace it. But it is a super fun. And like I'm telling you, I fired it up and like I was like I played the game, so I'm not even experiencing it right. new. And like the goal is just to. Refreshing my mind, and I want to get that video to post too for our stupid socials. I ended up playing it for like a half hour. It's like, you know, it's just like, it's just such a goofy, fun game, you know, uh, if wow. you can really get going, you know. So yeah, it's it's a it's a really fun game, and I don't I, and again, I don't know how much this shouldn't matter for game episodes, but I don't know how much of a structure we have to really engage it uh, for that in that framework, but. Just well, it as just like, said there's two tracks, right? Like, how do we? Yeah. Like, that's not a whole lot to talk about. No, exactly. No, there's just not. That, that's enough. That, that should have been the list. There's no content. <laughs> like, there's no content in there, but it's still fun to play. It's fucking <laughs> wild, dude. It's insane. Right. It, just, it defies every video game. I will say, like, I, I know that I know the name, and watching, I just watched a video of the loop and somebody crashing, and I've seen that crash. Like, I've, okay. I'm pretty sure I've played it. At some point, clearly not like it's, it's an arcade game. It's it's very yeah. possible. That yeah, you, you I, I know I've played it in the arcade for sure. 100%. And it might even you know I, I'm it's all racing games did in the arcade. It probably had a wheel and like a I think you because you can do a manual uh, transmission option as most of these games would have back mm. then. So I'm sure it had a manual transmission fucking stick on the on the arcade cabinet and shit. So it was probably a pretty cool looking arcade cabinet or probably is I should say so. Uh, I can see it attracting you to it, you know. Yeah, it's fun. Again, I don't know gameplay or game episode. I don't know, man, but it's it's a really fun game. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs>
of illusion of course the mickey mouse game that we all know and love bringing us into the nominations josh do you want to go first or do you want me to go first um well since it's such a great tie-in my first one is castle illusion so. oh we do have an overlap dun, i told you dun, dun. it's not there's not enough games in here for us not to have any overlap that was a very poor uh prognosis <laughs> Fair enough. and then i have hellfire is my selection out of that just kind of Jumble fuck of flying shmups uh, or shooters. Um, of, I guess there's also the the skimmer one I like uh, that was in the very beginning of the mag. That's not Whip Rush. What the fuck is Granada? It? Their name? No, not Gr- Granada's the tank one. Thunder Force. Uh, no, Thunder Force is also <laughs> is the, Thunder Force is the Life Force one that I really. I know Hellfire is the Life Force. I see this. Is, I can't I see. Know. I'm like Hellfire is good. Know. Hellfire is good. That's all you need to know. Uh, <laughs> it's a shooter. It's good. We should play it. And then I have Shadow Dancer. I knew it. Uh, Shinobi. I, I, I think it's, it's, again, it's one of those tent poles that we haven't experienced. That uh, So it's a, it's in a new play for both of us. And it's just, I think, an integral part of the Genesis experience that we would be um, mm. remiss to ignore. And then Hard Drive. And as I said, I don't know how much it works for this, but it's so fun I can't not say it. Uh, so those are my four. So I did pare it down a little. I think I had some others in there originally. So wow. narrow it down a little. So those are my four. What do you got? Well, I started out with, uh, since I already mentioned it, Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. Definitely. Uh, it's funny, though, what playing that game. I feel like I'm remembering a different Mickey game. Because like, there's been some good, some solid Mickey games over the years. And I feel like playing it, I'm remembering a different one. And maybe... This game I never got to play, so I think it's like Genesis, oh. I think I think uh, Genesis also has Fantasia, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just I, yeah. I played. I started playing it and, and thought this does not seem familiar at all. Like there's no familiarity. So anyway, excited for that one. It would be new for me as well. Yeah. So I'm I'm on board with that idea. Second would have been Raiden or Raiden Trad. Uh, doesn't sound like it's out, but purely because again, it is the beginning game of the game that I play now, which is a blast. Um, it's a little slower than other flying shooters. Like I know that obviously playing it three or four now is a much, you know, everything's faster. Everything moves quicker. This is a much earlier version, but still be cool to check it out. Um, and then <laughs> last, because it was listed there, Truxton for the flying Truxton. shooters. Truxton's in there. <laughs> Truxton's in there. Uh, well, have we done any of the Genesis shooters yet? Well, we well did Felios. Felios. Yeah, know. we did Felios, so. That's definitely a flag. Again, I, I'm just like, I want, I'm, Truxton's before that, so it's more formative, I suppose. So there, there is still like that historical component of Truxton. That is an angle for uh, advocating it. Mm. But then the obvious overlap. Castle Illusion. Hmm. I don't know if I have. I don't know what. <laughs> hearing, hearing all, hearing all that, what do you, what do you, what's your core inclination? I mean, it feels like 
We should do a shooter, a flying shooter, because there's so many of them more, just because that's just what is out on the on the just platform to, at that just time. To get, just to get it off our fucking plate. Yeah. So I we mean, can stop. Stop. Then we'll, if, if we do that, we'll stop nominating this whole subset, and that's probably yeah, good. We can just say we're done between yeah. all of them. Like, we've, yeah. we've done multiple. We're good. <laughs> that's a good... That's a good, very, very, very practical approach but to then, this. But then, like, at the same time, I don't know, because I didn't have a Genesis later on, like, I don't know what other games come out, like, next year in 91, 92. Like, oh. I don't know if there's some other games. There'll be plenty. Of, like, oh, we Shooter, Shooters aren't going stuff. anywhere. There'll be other shooters <laughs> later on. If we, we're not going to, we're not going to uh, wall ourselves off from flying <laughs> shmups. I don't think you got to worry about that uh, for a long time. <laughs> just, just the subset that we've seen yeah. in this same yeah. movie. We'll, we'll be dead, Jay, before we get to an episode on this podcast where flying shmups, because we've talked about how, like, oh yeah, that those kind of went away. Where the hell did they go? We'll be, we'll be <laughs> no. dead before we get there in the timeline, so don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I don't, I don't really remember their Hellfire one. I did that. I, don't, I know I have it. It just, again... I think hell. I'm pretty sure Hellfire is the Life Force one, the one that I keep comparing to Life Force. Uh, I see. Yeah. I'm probably, I mean, sorry, I, I'm probably wrong. It's probably Thunder Force. <laughs> but how could you? How could you possibly? Right, how do we know? Because here's have to the thing: figure out which one it is. I, I can remember the ad for Thunder Force being the one with the Phoenix. So there's fire, right? There's fire in that ad. There is. It's, fire. The, it's one of the, the. It's one of the Phoenixes chasing. But the Hell ship Force has fire too, though. Well, it must. Hellfire. The name is Hellfire. That's what I'm saying. So exactly. So the name fire or the word fire is in this, but Thunder Force is the one with the ad that has a fire vibe to it. So yeah, like who knows, man? Who knows? Well, I just know it's good. I just know it's good. Oh man, yeah, I, I'm fine with a shooter of some kind. Okay. Or or Mickey Mouse, either one. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm good either. I'm kind of. It's kind of where I'm at too. Like, I feel like Shadow Dancer will be there for me to argue for later on as well. So I'm not worried about uh, skipping over that for the time being. And I'll, I, I also want. They didn't have it here. Got to wait till it's in Game Pro with Substance too, so we get some maps. If they're if they're not gonna give, I mean, you would think Sega would give us some map. I and mean, they had some screenshots of some light tips, I think. But again, some maps to help you through with this fucking thing. So like a more in depth. Mag piece for that game is something I think I want. So, again, I'm also uh, into waiting for that. Um, Castle Illusion, I don't feel like, will be That's important fair. to have that. <laughs> they can tell us it's not kid gloves, but it's still going to be pretty linear, I think. It still might be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, that, not that fucking Shinobi games aren't linear. It's very left to right. Um, no, there's a little bit of verticality to it, I suppose. Uh, going down into those, like, remember that? Remember there was, like, the house you went into the whole... And you can go oh. the subterranean route on. So yeah. there's a little bit that maps would be helpful for, probably. But um, in any case. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel like I could play Castle of Illusion without a more in-depth piece and not feel bad about it on that same logic. And it's a, you know, like we said, there's going to be another, like, I think you're right about that, that there is another one. And, I, and I'm I, again, I'm pretty, I can picture the Fantasia key art, like that's on the fucking Fantasia movie on a Genesis box in my head, no problem. So okay. I'm pretty sure that exists, which means we are going to click over to another one of these that you would love to have this off our plate before we get to, you know, sure. um, in the sure. same way we would want that to be like for a Mario game or something. So that's a pretty good argument for that. And I'm sure despite again, the kid glove, not kid glove thing, it probably isn't that stressful. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. It did yeah. feel a little slightly simpler than I would have expected. But sure. maybe I didn't experience it. I played it for a very short amount of time. I will exactly right. That. 
I'm sure it ramps up to some degree. Uh, but yeah, it's such a beautiful game. It'll probably just feel fun. And we haven't done any Mickey Mouse or Disney stuff other than the DuckTales, the I duck think. The DuckTales, yeah. Yeah, so we haven't done a ton of Disney, and that probably deserves some attention for this time era, too. So I, maybe maybe that. Um, yeah, I, I could live with that. If you want to do that, I'll do that. Castle of Illusion. Sold. Okay, word. So we will nice. play Castle of Illusion featuring Mickey Mouse on the next uh, episode as a game up. Right. And then before we bounce back to the Nintendo side for Nintendo Power issue 20, uh, Jay, uh, you suggested a random rags diversion that I support as well. And we're going to dive into the first EGM. And that Ooh. is, if I recall correctly, I think it's early summer, May, June of 89. So we'll turn back the clock a little on that and get a game up out of... Uh, 89 real quick before we bounce back so there's a little bit of a tangent we'll be on for a while before we get back to our regular scheduled programming but that is all on the horizon and you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided by whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever platform you listen to if you do enjoy our nonsense website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash isoh pod you can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com you can follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page, the Instagram. There's a subreddit. Talk shit to us about our gameplay videos on the YouTube. And links to all that shit will be in the show notes. We do not have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to things podcasters tell you to and would like to do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities. And that is cool as fuck. AbleGamers.org is where you can find them. T-shirts uh, with our branding are on the website. They're dope. I'm wearing one. And proceeds on those after pot expenses go to Able Gamers. Jay. Tell us how people can reach you on the interwebs. You can connect with me at GentlemanJB without the second E. That is my gamer tag. That is my handle. You can find me wherever I'm active on the social spheres. I am on Twitter at Josh Follin. If you want to mostly listen to me rant about the Buffalo Bills conservatism and offensive game planning. And I am on Instagram at my shift key is broke. And you can find me via on the Oculus at the same tag, my shift key is broke. If you want to go on some dungeon spelunking activities with myself and once I rope Jay over here into it here in the very near future, the both of us. So see you in the metaverse. Okay, bye. Bye.